0: Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Guy podcast. I'm your host, DJ, and with me here, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the Grumpy Old Man. They say there is no shame in his game because he is always the same. That's me. Grumpy, how are you this fine evening? Saturday evening, man. Oh, man. It's been forever since we've had an Islander
1: game. Yeah, I'm watching other teams play, and honestly, it's not the same. <laughs> I can be a little bit more objective, though, honestly. What do you mean? I'm rooting for the Islanders so hard sometimes I'm not objective (laughs) to their poor play.
0: Fair enough, Grumpy, fair enough. I'll tell you, Islanders first game back this upcoming Thursday cannot come soon enough, Uh, Grumpy Old Man. Hasn't been a lot of news regarding uh, Islanders since the last time we've podcasted on Wednesday. Uh, That being said, Barry Trotz returned back to uh, the practice today, Grump.
1: Well, we knew. He'd be back. So Lane Lambert had a little fun in the sun there for a couple of couple of games and now it's back to same old, same old. I'll be interested to see how we line up on Thursday night.
0: Yeah. I uh Think that's what we're all waiting for are we going to return back and again we talked about that ad nauseum on the last podcast are we going to return back to uh the way we had things currently constituted before covid kind of started to force adjustments into our lineup or are we going to rule with the hot hands you know one or the other what ideology are we going to take i think thursday is going to be very telling in that manner um yes
1: yeah without a doubt so you know we're going to see we're going to see. i i'm interested honestly i you know, you know, everyone knows the way I feel. Play the better players. Just happen to so uh, also be the younger guys. Let's see what Barry does. Let's see if Kyle Palmieri is in the lineup Thursday night. Hmm. He was the one guy singled out, not guaranteed to have a spot or to start. So let's see what actually happens.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely grunt. But before we get too deep in today's podcast, remember, this is a twice a week Islander podcast on Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and on Saturdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And to make sure you don't miss out on any of the action, make sure you subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook and follow on Twitter. And also, if the Islanders are playing a game, as long as they're not playing on Thursday or on Sunday, we're going to be covering that game live. We're going to be doing a live watch along with you guys. You guys don't miss out on any of the action. If you don't get the game or want to listen to a little bit of an alternate viewpoint during your Islanders games, you've
1: got that.
0: Uh, You got that available for you also, Grump.
1: And, you know, I'm excited.
0: Yes, absolutely. You seem very excited, Grump. You What the hell's up with that sweatshirt, by the way? It's all like pop collary and look at that, Grump.
1: Can I tell you, I'm cool.
0: You look like one of those 80s vampires or like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, maybe.
1: What do you know about anything?
0: I don't know. I just feel like Buffy the Vampire Slayer used to wear a pop collar because that's what people did in the 80s.
1: Buffy the Vampire Slayer was a girl. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) So I don't think you know, as usual, you don't know what you're talking about, particularly when it comes to the entertainment industry.
0: Oh, good gracious, good gracious, Grump. The only reason we don't cover Outer games on Thursdays and and Sundays is because we have another podcast called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. That's a podcast where we just talk sports and shoot the shit. We cover live sporting events, like we'll be covering the college football playoffs, the college football championship game on Monday, and all the other types of live playoff and all those other live big game sporting events. We're entering to some UFC fights and everything of that nature. By the way... Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoy when we do the live watch-alongs with the game, would you like to have that in a podcast format? Usually we offer it only on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Would you like to listen to that in a podcast format on your way to work if you just want some funny commentary? If you say yes, I'll make sure I upload it. If people say, no, we only watch it live, that's also fine. Okay. I I don't know
1: anything about anything that you do, so.
0: I, I know, Grumpy. Trust me. I know. Um also today, we're going to be having the live call-in uh, feature on the show, so we're going to bring that around. We haven't done that in a few Saturdays in a row, um, but we're going to be bringing that back today, Grumpy. So,
1: Another which, exciting change for today.
0: Yes, absolutely, Grumpy. I want to go ahead and bring up an idea that was that was introduced by Arthur Staple uh, on the um what has he got? No Sleep Till Belmont podcast. Isn't it funny that he still does the Islanders podcast? Probably because he's contractually bound to do it, even though he covers only the Rangers at the moment.
1: Well, he that's the name of his show. So he's not going to change the name of his show. Does he talk Islanders? Does he talk Rangers? Does he talk both? Does he talk devils?
0: No, no, all, I no. Sleep till no sleep till Bum on. It's all Islanders. But I'm talking about yeah. the way he writes now. Usually he's just writing and covering the Ranger games. He covers, I'm sure, some Islander games here and there, but it's not at the same level as what he's you know taking over and ramping up for the Rangers. I just always think it's funny that he's still doing the uh, the Islander podcast because I'm sure he's contractually bound to do it for the remainder of this year.
1: Yeah, I don't know, but it could could be just the name thing. Also, you know, you know, it's not like you're not going to change your podcast name. If people well, I don't know if anyone listens to him or not, but let's say a few people do, um, you know, people they
0: people listen to the podcast.
1: <laughs> OK, well, let's say that he goes to, you know, OK, well, let me listen to the No Sleep Till Belmont podcast and you're not getting Islanders anymore. It's like because if you're not doing the Islanders, maybe he's going to talk at rough shot on the Rangers next year. I don't know. I think he'll yes. probably change the
0: name. Yes, that's what I'm saying. He's going to do the No Sleep Till Belmont podcast until probably next year, Will he will no longer be contractually obligated. Therefore, he's going to start a new podcast, probably about the Rangers, which is a team he's covering. That's what I'm saying, Grump.
1: Okay, that's fine.
0: I like your shirt, by the way, Grump. You like mine? I got this picture of this grumpy old man on mine, the Grumpy's Groupies.
1: I know. It's- I finally
0: have my Grumpy's Groupies merchandise in.
1: Well, whoever the, uh, the person on the front of shirt uh, I'm sure that he appreciates – nice, nice. Look at the back there. You like I'm the sure.
0: of Grumpy's groupies, grump? I can't even hear you, but I assume you do.
1: Y- yes, Grumpy's groupies. What I was trying to say is that the person on the front of shirt probably appreciates you wearing it because it makes him look even better. You know, like you're the duff.
0: Oh, shit. Well, you know what? I'm never wearing this shirt again. It's funny. We came to the podcast wearing the same shirt, and I felt like if you were uh, like a high school girl, you're like, oh, my God, she's got the same outfit as me. I'm like, I've got to change. So – <laughs> had to have a quick wardrobe change um that being said grump i want to bring up this idea it was talked about on arthur staples podcast and um people in the islanders community are they seem to agree somewhat uh with this ideology and with this potential move so i'm going to pop it up on screen here for you grump and i'll read it live there for the for the listeners of the show and it says via i'll pull that up Via the no sleep till Belmont, uh, Arthur Staple suggests that the Islanders are to make an offer. If they are to make an offer uh, for a cost controlled defenseman like Jacob uh, Chitrin, uh, it will likely cost something like Anthony Bavillier, Atu Ratu, Robin Sallow, and this year's first round pick. He goes on to say that this is a move that they should make. And I tend to
1: agree. Um, now we did speak on this somewhat on Wednesday night.
0: Oh, no, we spoke to this on Thursday evening on the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man podcast. Oh. oh, not on our Islander podcast, though.
1: Okay, I thought we did speak about that no. on the Islander podcast. Okay, well then I can pretty much say anything I want because, uh, well, I don't think everyone who listens to uh, yes, we we TJ and the Grumpy Old Man or you know whatever. So Come here on, we man. go. I think myself, I. I don't understand why we would even consider a move like that. Honestly, you want to trade Anthony bavillier and let's say, uh, okay, he'd be a first line forward on Arizona, right? Uh, to Ratu, who is probably our top rated offensive prospect in the minors. Uh, Robin Sallow, who's already made the team. He's twenty five years old, and you got to figure that he'll be a full time starter next year, and then a first round pick. For Jacob Chitron. And Jacob Chitron is a good player, no doubt about it. Not having a good year this year. he I think he's got seven points and is a minus 27 as of, uh, I think, Thursday. Uh, I just don't understand the thought process that goes into to that move, honestly. It's not enough, in my opinion, not enough to put us over the top and make us playoff contenders. I wonder why you would want to do something like that.
0: Yes. So and I I I share a lot of the same sentiments with you, Grumpy Man. Think about it like this. We're giving up Anthony Bavillier, who is at the lowest point of trade value in his career. This is a very he's had a very, very bad year this year. So what we're gonna do essentially is we're gonna trade a young I mean, Anthony Bevillier still young. Was he 24 years old? No matter where he is across the NHL, it doesn't matter if he was in Tampa, this guy's a top nine forward. He, he, you know, he, he bounces and oscillates between a second line left wing and a third line left wing, depending on what team he's on. No matter what, this guy's a top nine forward, a younger top nine forward that is cost controlled. Also, a guy who's been streaky in nature. And if you're playing in a more upbeat, a more offensive minded system, maybe he's going to produce more in the point department. That being said, you're going to trade at his lowest point. That's never any good business advice. Then you're going to give up Atu Ratu. The guy who's on a point-of-game stretch in the Finnish Elite League at 19 years old. The guy who, again, when he was playing for Carpot, struggled, but as soon as he goes to Yokerit, he's able to go ahead and get into the system that's more tailor-made to him. He's got, what, 14 points in 14 games in a Finnish Elite League at 19 years old. The guy who impressed this year for us in spring training. The guy who looks like he really could be a guy who, who produces in a top-six role. Again, he's a younger guy. These are definitely our top offensive prospect or top forward by a country mile. You're also going to give up Robin Salo. The guy's 23 years old, grumpy old man, a defenseman who is our best defensive prospect by a country mile. Maybe you could have argued before the season, Samuel Balduke is close to him. But what we've seen out of Samuel balduke in in, uh, in the A this year has not been much. So I'd say Robin Sallow is our best defensive prospect at the moment. And then, this is the one that drives me freaking berserk. You would give up a top... I mean, in all likelihood, it's going to be a lottery selection in the deepest draft, which is going to be this year's upcoming draft, that there has been in over a decade so you're going to give up a lottery pick you don't even know how deep it's going to be maybe you're going to be 15 maybe you'll be closer to 10 maybe you'll be closer to 9 or 8 or 7 right now in the standings you know we're top 10 pick <laughs> so you're going to give up you know a top 10 top 15 selection in this year's draft which is an unbelievably deep draft class the deepest draft class in over decades. So you give up a top nine forward, which you would be selling at his lowest point, your top offensive prospect who's really performed this season, your top defensive prospect who's already playing a little bit in the NHL and a first-round pick for Jacob Chitren, Again, who's having a bad, uh, not as great of a season for the Arizona Coyotes as he would like.
1: And I always say, you know, on bad teams, someone has to score points. And before this year, it was Chitren. I mean, he's looked good. All right? No denying it. Is he a top-four defenseman? Absolutely. Why would you want to gut whatever youth you have on this team to add Jacob Chitrin? And
0: Chitrin's Uh, Chitrin's young. Chitrin's young. Let's be honest about it. Chitrin is young.
1: Okay. 24, right? I mean, he's yeah, he is young. But you're gutting all the youth in your system. For what reason? I just, like I said, for me, with the the way the depth of this draft is supposed to have – I'm moving as many veterans as I can to try to pick up more picks. I'm not looking to get rid of picks. We're not making the playoffs this year, just not happening. So don't double down on bad. Don't do it. (laughs)
0: Well, people are people are even trying to say, okay, this provides you a defense bin. So our defense will be set rock solid for, you know, the next few years coming up because now there's no there, you know, we're getting rid of a Robin Salah, but we're cementing in the fact that Jacob Chitrin can really do the job. Now we've got a top four on defense that's cemented in. In that process, though, you were trading away, again, albeit he has not performed this year, you're trading away a top nine forward who usually is one of the guys who produces on offense for you. You're trading away your best young offensive talent and prospect, best young forward, and giving away the first-round pick. Yikes. So you're doubling down on defense, and you're losing more offensive pop in the future, which is a thing your team desperately needs.
1: Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing. You know, if Bavillier goes to Arizona, he's probably going to start scoring. Why? Because if you to play in this system, I've said it before, you have to limit your offensive productivity to fit into the defensive system. I just, I mean, and you look at Chitrin, he's a minus 27. I don't know how much he's playing defense out there, but he's the worst plus minus on their team by a country mile.
0: Do you want to get my boy Phil's facts? Our boy Phil's facts, friend of the podcast, Grumpy. He happened to post, as he said, only if Chitrin was playing on whatever team Shane Goss' fair plays for, he wouldn't be having such an awful season. Well, Grumpy, you'll be able to see here, Jacob Chitron, again, a minus 29 at this point, two goals, five assists at the mark, seven points. Shane Gossesphere for the Arizona Coyotes, six goals, 17 assists, 23 points, and a minus seven. Shane so Gossesphere has better to, and he's looked good from everything I've heard and read about him. I, again, I, I admittedly, I do not watch a lot of Arizona Coyote games, but from all I've heard, Shane Gossesphere has really had a bounce back season for the Arizona Coyotes.
1: And so that kind of proves my point, right? Yeah, Chicharron was putting up points because they had no talent in Arizona. All of a sudden, Gacha Spare comes in this year, and all of a sudden he's their highest point-producing defenseman, and he's actually better on the defensive end as well. So, you know, I'm not saying Chicharron's a bad player. I'm definitely not, but I'm not giving up the farm for him. He doesn't move the needle for us. That's the whole thing. He does not move the needle. He does not make us a Stanley Cup contender. You have to start thinking about the future a little bit here, people. I'm going to tell you right now.
0: I agree with that. I I one hundred and ten percent agree with that, Grump. But to see to see the to see the ideology out there for people again that still are are sunken, saying, "Hey, we need to improve the defense. If we're able to improve the defense, we've got better outlet passes at the zone. We can headman the puck. We can join in with the offensive rush. We've got a more competent defense, offensive minded defenseman to think that that's going to be the the uh, the elixir and the ailment to all of our problems. I'm just I'm sorry, it's not.
1: I just, I just, I honestly, I don't know how people come up with these trade scenarios. I just, are they oblivious to what's actually been happening this year? How the team just seems lethargic and dead out there most nights when the veterans are out there? Are we not watching that? The only time we have any jump is when we incorporate the younger players into the lineup. I mean, I don't, I just don't know what Chitrin does to make us better. That's my whole thing. I don't see what he does to make us better. In the long run, you have Noah Dobson who's already stepped up as a puck-moving defenseman. Why? Because of all the injuries in the COVID, he's had to. And given a little bit of rope, look at how he's produced. The same thing with Bellows and Wallstrom and all the other young players. Jarnak, um, you know, Richard Ponick in his short amount of time looked really good out there. Well, no, he looked okay when he played. Certainly just as good as all the guys who make $5 million a year have looked.
0: Okay. That's fair. He, uh, I wouldn't say look good. Like I was really impressed with what I saw with Austin Zarnak. I, you know, that's that's one of those players when, you know, you, you kind of thought he was down this year. OK, he's a guy that we just call upon that absolute worst case scenario. But he in a short time and a short sample size showed that he's more than competent on the ice. I'm just saying we've got a lot of guys when healthy down there in the A. Even Cole Bardrow shows when he's given a chance, he's competent on the ice, and. Uh, you know, for yeah. pay for Casey, especially when well, I see with Austin Zarnak, tell me that Casey and Zarnak couldn't be somewhat of an on an equal playing field regarding production, and we pay one what like three or four times as much as the other. What is what does Casey get paid? Two and a half million, and we're paying Zarnak league minimum, like seven hundred fifty k or whatever it is.
1: Yeah, and he's for another for another five years after this one. Think again. I just I, I don't. You know, do we want to get into the? we keep on repeating no, the same no. mistakes over and over again no, or is it too early today
0: and it's too early today i no. want to bring this up too speaking about this now grump people are saying well jacob Chicherin is a bona fide top four defenseman he's offensive minded that's really going to help our team and the asking price might be a lot but he's a guy who's got cost certainty and he's a guy that we know can perform he's done so the last few years in arizona i know this year hasn't been as stellar for him but he's performed in the past and i seem to remember grumpy old man there once was a defenseman named Devon Taves as to which I would argue at the time period was a probably a better defensive player and a better defensive prospect in our system that we gave up for a fraction of the cost. We only received two second round picks for a guy that is now on over a point of game stretch for the Colorado avalanche. He never would have produced those type of numbers with us just because of the system we run. But we always knew based off of the skill set he had, he would thrive for a team like Colorado. He'd thrive for a team like Tampa. He would be putting up a massive amount of points. He would thrive for a team like Edmonton. And we gave up, Devontae's up because we were in a cap crunch, a little bit of a "quote unquote" cap crunch. We gave him up for two second-round picks, and then he proceeds to sign a four-year, was it four point two million-dollar deal? And we decided, he got the cap certainty too.
1: And we decided to keep Nick Letty, who made more money than Devontae's made, and even after signing the contract extension, made a million dollars a year more than Devontae's did, a little bit more than that actually. And but why? Because Barry Trotz liked Nick Letty. And he didn't like Devontae's, didn't like the fact that sometimes he wasn't in a position. I don't care. It's about, I don't care. I, I'm just not into keeping guys in their 30s just because they played in the league for 12 years. I'm just not. I'd much rather, uh, you know, get on the horse that has a longer future. I, I mean, I just, I, I I don't understand why we do the things we do. Actually, I do understand why. I just don't agree with it. Let's just put it that way. I
0: was about to say, you understand why. I think everybody understands why. You just don't agree with it as simple as that. And that's where the ideology comes in. But, yeah, man, oh, man.
1: I, I, yeah, for me, like I said, it's just incredibly frustrating. And I hear, well, you couldn't have got two second-round picks for Devontae. Who cares? He's the better player. Why do you want to trade better players who are younger and have a lower cost to, to keep a guy who had one year left on his contract? Why would you do that? It's just stupid. It's just so dumb. I just, I, like I said, we were ripping Nick Letty when he was here, particularly at the end. And I and, was, for certain. Right, for certain. And you look at Detroit, he's basically the same player in Detroit. He's got a terrible plus minus. Means, you know, when he's on the ice, they're not playing defense. And, you know, he's put up some points. Big deal. Did we really miss Nick Letty? Maybe you could say we miss Letty only because he was replaced with Zdeno Chara, who's forty-four years old. That's the only reason why we miss Nick Letty. The only reason.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, Grumpy. I. <laughs> it's what makes it. It's what makes it. It's what makes it stick out. Just because, again, the, the replacement we had was Chara. If we, it's unnecessary.
1: 80- but you make your bed when you make dumb moves like that. It has a domino effect, right? I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like, oh well, we were in cap trouble when we had to trade Taves. Well, you didn't have to trade Taves. There are other guys on this team you could have moved. You chose to move the young guy. Why? Because guys, people around the league think highly on players like that. And you got two second-round picks. Really? I mean, you traded for thirty-year-old Kyle Palmieri, Travis Zat, Travis Zajac, and gave up a first, a fourth, and uh, a first two and prospects. Four. Right. No, I think it was
0: just a first and a fourth.
1: No, and two prospects also. Yes, absolutely was. You can look that up while I go on to the next point. And then for J.G. Pajot, a third-line center, who I love, you trade a first, a second, and if we would have won a cup, a third for a third-line center. I mean, these other teams just see Lou Lamarillo coming. Whatever reputation he used to have for being a great wheeler and dealer, that's gone. That's absolutely gone now.
0: Yes, they did include their prospects, AJ Greer and Mason Jopest. Thank you. And,
1: and okay. I'm not saying it's also, also into
0: worth saying that those prospects are career ECHL, a- AHL guys. Yeah,
1: I'm not going to say they're going to turn into anything, but we also gave them a couple of prospects. I mean, you know, so it's like, why? Why do we keep overpaying and everyone else underpays whenever they make a deal with us? It's just, it's poor general managership.
0: Hmm. Now I want to bring up and I'm kind of hesitant to show you this quote uh just because I know you've been very calm. We've had a very very good start to the show. I almost don't want to show you this because I feel like it's going to trigger you, but I need you as I'm as I'm showing this on screen grumpy. I need deep breaths. <sighs> I need you to enter some sort of happy place. I need you to imagine back in the eighties when the Islanders are winning four cups in a row. That's what I need you to do. Deep breaths in deep breaths out grumpy. That's what I need. (laughs) Do you go to yoga? Have you started doing yoga with like a new year's resolution or anything like that? I need you to practice on your yoga breaths. Exactly. So, and again, maybe you won't get triggered by this, but I feel like you would. Um, You've got here, Josh Bailey was Uh, saying about, okay, deep breaths. (sighs) Ah, Deep breath, grumpy old man. Deep breath. He said, On the talent uh, of the group and the competitive fight for playing time, he said, I think it's a good problem to have. It's good to have that competition. Now, let me ask you this. When you see a quote like that from Josh Bailey, do you think there's ever a chance, if Josh Bailey were to perform poorly, that he would be benched, let's say, for four five six ten games in a row? Do you think that's ever in the cards? Or do you think this is a comment being made by a guy who says, Oh, yeah, in essence, a competition is good from a guy that has absolutely no shot of ever sitting.
1: Um here's the thing. Josh Bailey should have been benched probably the last two or three years he's played. Should have been riding the pine because mm. he's just underwhelming. I just it's the total antithesis of what this team is all about. There is no competition for spots. Never has been. And under Barry Trotz, I highly doubt it there ever will be. We'll see Thursday night. If he goes back to the same old, same old, you've seen all you need to see, and you want to see me explode, come back next Saturday night, because that's exactly what's going to happen.
0: Will that change your opinion on Barry Trotz of a coach? I mean, like we already know, right? Trotz leans towards the old guys. This is the first time that we've ever seen with Barry in his history with the Islanders that he was... That he and the organization, I won't say just him, because Lane Lambert was also involved with this over the time period of COVID, but he was forced to give players like younger players, like your Kiefer Bellows, like your like your uh like your um like your Noah Dobson's additional time, like your Robin Sallows, he was forced to give younger players additional minutes in top roles. And the players have i would argue i think they performed they performed up to the standard that we would expect top six forwards to perform up to point wise we've expected top four defensemen to perform up to point wise and now he's he's shown that hey some of these young guys might actually have the ability to play if we see him just revert back to saying, "All right, we're going to put Zdeno Chara and Andy Green back in the lineup once Ryan Pulak is back to healthy, no adopts, and you're getting bounced down to a, you know our six pair defenseman, and you know Z- uh, Zdeno Chara and Andy Green are going to be playing every night, we're going to roll back out here, Zach Parise, Josh Bailey, uh, you know the 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 list goes on and on, and we're going to see Kiefer Bellows finding his way back on the bench and everything like that with Kyle Palmieri being back in the lineup. Would that change your opinion on what you think about Trotz for the future of this team?
1: If Trotz – Barry Trotz's future with the team?
0: What your yeah, sure.
1: Okay. Well, first I was going to say for him doing it for one or two games is not enough for me. To me, he's got to ride the young guys for at least 15, 20 games. Absolutely the least. And he needs to take the shackles off and play them regular shifts and regular minutes. Because we've seen in the past that when he plays the young guys, five minutes a night, six minutes a night, that's it. That's all they're getting because he doesn't trust them. Guess what, Barry? Your style hasn't worked this year. We're one of the bottom five teams in the league. And here's the thing. Like I've said 100 times before, if he doesn't want to play the young players, he needs to go. He absolutely needs to go. That's your part two of that. Okay, so, that,
0: was the, that, that was the answer I was looking for. Okay. I was just making sure we weren't getting sidetracked from the question. Okay, gotcha. Yeah,
1: no, I, th- I thought it was a two-parter. I thought you were asking, will I feel better Thursday night if he just happens to roll the young guys out for one night? And I will not be happy with that. But like I said, at some point in time, you're going to have to have that talk with him.
0: I think it's got to be based off of merit and performance, right? It's we, never been the case, at, though. We we I, I, I'm just saying, I think it has to be based off of merit and performance. When we look at it, Some of these guys, and again, Anthony Mavilli hasn't played well this year. Josh Bailey hasn't played well this year. Kyle Palmieri, although the effort's been there, hasn't played well in the point department. We're paying a guy $5 million a year. Jean-Gabriel Pajot seemed to have started to pick things up here in the last half, but he's a guy, you know, when you looked at it, he looked like he was missing a little bit of a step in his game. It looks like that's starting to come back to him a little bit, which is important. I mean, Zach Parise, he puts a lot of effort on the ice, but I don't think necessarily he's been all that fantastic with the scoring touch he was supposed to provide of the 10 to 15 goals this year. I don't think necessarily he showed that, yeah, I can do that if you continue to play me in and out that's what we should be looking for a different solution and and seeing if we've got any you know internally say hey do we have any guys that could maybe do what we originally thought xyz player could do and and that's why i think i have no problem at all with them again if they were just continuing to play players based off of merit but that's not always the case so i like for me it would be very telling right i could always live and I can hang on to a little bit of a thread, grumpy old man, by saying, well, the reason Barry doesn't play the young guys is because he doesn't trust them. And when they get out there, they play short sample sizes, which means that they can't feel confident in themselves. They can't feel like, hey, my shifts are being monitored. And sometimes they won't play it to their full ability. Well, we've been forced to see the young guys play longer shift times. And we have forced to see them play more consistent shifts over a 10, over a, a five or 10 game stretch. And we've seen what they can do. Now all of us Islander fans, we have seen what Kiefer Bellows Kiefer Bellows could do. People are ready to announce his time of death earlier on the season. We were the only two that said, mm, "Let's pump the brakes." He didn't play well. I'm not announcing him dead just quite yet. I don't think he's he's no again he's no fan he's no Dave Anderchuk. he's no he's not the greatest player since Sliced Bread. I'm just saying that he looks like a competent you know top nine forward, and this is a guy who would never be given a chance. Now Barry has seen that those guys can play if he acknowledges that. Uh, They can play as well, and he'll say, I'm still going to go back to the vets. I think that kind of tells – it's very telling.
1: My thing about Kiefer Bellows, if you look at his overall game, is he really – I mean, I think he's just as good as Anders Lee. Overall game, I think he's just as good. He's got a much better shot. He moves his feet better. He's not just stay a stationary target in front of that, which is the only thing Andrews Lee does well, is just stay in front of the net. That's it. Nothing else. He gets himself into positions. I'd love to see him play with Barzell and Wallstrom. I'd love to see that as my first line. And I'm willing to ride that. Why? Because you know what? As far as I'm concerned, we're not making playoffs. And will the people be happy if we just slither into the eighth spot and get blown out by Tampa this year? I mean, would that, would that make you feel better at the end of the season? Not me. I'd rather say, you know what? Let's see what we have going forward. I know who, which players can't play. I want to find out the players that can play going into next year. We know what the old guys can do.
0: I want to show you this? Now, this was sent in by Eve, our, our boy Eve L. Ooh, that's and a nice said, old.
1: That's an old picture right there. Well, they
0: said now Tim Kerr, grumpy and again, back in the eighties. I wasn't watching a lot of hockey. wasn't born yet at that time period. He parked himself right in front of the net, and he did most of his damage in that that part of the office there. He scored 50 goals in a season, and four times he had 48 once. So I want to ask you, is he a better comparison for Anders Lee? When I say he's a broke man's Dave Anderchuk, would it be a broke man's Tim Kerr?
1: Yeah, I I think Tim Kerr is a – they're very, very similar players. And how many Stanley Cups did the Flyers win back then? Zero. The answer is zero. Okay. But here's the thing, Tim Kerr wasn't the best player on their team. He wasn't. But he was a stationary guy, and game was different, of course. That game, you could have played that game 20, 30 years ago, where you really can't do that now. The game has changed. It's all about skating. It used to have big physical defensemen in the in the uh in the back in the olden days, boxing guys out down in front. Now it's about puck moving defensemen. The guys who stand in front of the front of the net are few and far between, right? Let's be honest. Yeah. And you know, would Tim Kerr be as successful in this day and age? I argue no, because the game has changed. And Tim Kerr, Tim Kerr was good. He was good at what he did too. He couldn't skate. Wasn't a great defender. But he was good deflecting pucks. He's he, he, very similar to Anders Lee, yes. And I'd but, say that
0: Anders Lee, I'm sure, is a better skater, right? Skating is much more important in today's game than it was many, many years uh, ago, too. No,
1: no. Anders Lee can't skate, in my opinion. He can't skate.
0: Can't, if a, you can't skate in today's game, those players are all better skaters than what it was in the 80s, though, right? I, skating was even worse and less important in the 80s as it is now because you got away with a lot more clutching and grabbing.
1: I would compare his skating ability to Tim Kerr's. He's not a good skater. He's always lagging behind in the defensive zone. Always. I mean, it just is what it is. I mean, and I'm not here to rip Anders Lee. I'm not. He has a certain skill set, and he does that skill set well. But here's the thing. If you're going to ask me to compare at $7 million Anders Lee or at $1 million for Kiefer Bellows, who's, what, six, seven years younger, I'm going Kiefer Bellows. He's cheaper. He gives you more of an overall game. I, I just I don't understand why people can't see that, honestly. It, when, if you've given Kiefer Bellows a chance, only because you've had to, of course, and look how he's produced on both ends of the ice, not just in the offensive end, on both ends. Look at the last few games. Who's scoring the goals for this team? It's the young guys. It's none of the veterans. It's the young guys.
0: Yeah, you, you got a lot of gold production out of Noah Dobson. You've got gold production out of Kiefer Bellows. I mean, there's been goals by Anders Lee, too. Anders Lee's
1: better. had, yeah, that's right. Anders Lee's had a couple tip in goals, he has, but that's it. Of the older players, that's it. Nobody, no other older players even put a point up, a, a goal up. Okay. Okay.
0: I was about to say a point up, I don't know, Grumpy, uh but a point a, a, a point up, yeah, goal up. Yeah, I understand. Um, Let's get to some comments here so then we can open up the phone lines. Grumpy old man. Um, Tony Cheese saying TJ needs to care, walk around carrying a small plant to replenish the oxygen he's wasting. Ooh, I, do like I do like plants and I do like plants in the house. Uh, I'll tell you that much. I think it cleans the air. It's just got that natural clean to it. Wow. I would love to have a lot of plants. He said that being said, I love you, TJ. I love you too, Tony cheese. Wow. Um, what do you want, like, Grumpy?
1: Shots fired. First comment of the day.
0: Hey, man. Hey, we read all the comments. Doesn't matter Nothing if it's flowery it. or not. It doesn't bother me. It's like water off a duck's back.
1: He just called you human carbon dioxide is what he called you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Ford says here, Saturday night, guys. Hope you're doing well. If Varlamov is moved, what is a bigger need? um cap space a left-handed defenseman or a first line left wing slash right winger have a great show appreciate that jeremy grump now there have been a lot of rumors right there's there's goalie hungry teams edmonton is being listed as one of them we kind of talked about that in last week's podcast and again head coach and goalie and team seems to be you know under a little bit of a strife under under some strife i mean koskinen has not played well this season that being said he goes ahead and fires back and says the last six losses that i've had we've only scored seven goals
1: Okay, what do you think, if you're going to move Varlamov, what are you looking for, TJ? I'll let you answer first, because I always answer first. I want to give you a shot.
0: Depends on who we move him to. I'm just going to go off on a limb. If we're moving Varlamov, in all likelihood, if we move him at the deadline, I'm not saying we are going to. I'm saying if we do in this scenario, we're moving him for to a team that is on the cusp or a playoff competitor. Right, The team that is probably in the playoff picture at the moment, they think, hey, if we add a legitimate goalie like Varlamov, whose numbers were fantastic last year, maybe he's bouncing back after a little bit of a poor stretch at the beginning of the season after he had that niggling injury. Right? I think that you're going to be looking at, if you're looking for a first-round pick, you're going to be looking in the mid to late 20s perhaps, which doesn't bother me. I think you have to look for draft capital, and I think if you have a prospect that's on the cusp I wouldn't mind it, but it's tough. Anytime we're asking for prospects or picks, I also come in with the expectation knowing Barry Trotz is never going to play these guys until they're about 21, 22 years old, maybe 23, until they really get a shot, right? If they're fantastic talents, think about Noah Dobson's is a fantastic talent, and he's been babied his way into the lineup until this year where he was forced. They had to throw him in and say, hey, can you do it? And he said, yes, I can, and I could have been doing it if you didn't shackle me all this time. Same thing with Oliver Wallstrom. The guy was babied in, still playing before he was starting to score over a point-a-game stretch. He was being he was playing what like nine minutes and uh, nine minutes of ice time a night, ten minutes of ice time a night. I mean, those are top prospects. Those are top you know top fifteen picks. All players that performed at the lower levels and when they got their chance were also performing in the NHL. He's very very hesitant to integrate some of the younger players in. So when I see draft picks, I say realistically, this is probably a three to four year away player. So that doesn't help our current team the way we wanted to. Yet does it help the future? Sure. But does that help Mapars all say I want to stay here with the Islanders because I believe they're putting the right pieces around me in order to win?
1: Okay, I hate to be a stickler. What is your answer to the question? I know you rode that fence just about as long as you could, or do you just want me to give an answer?
0: I'll give you the answer. Okay, it's got. It's got to be. It's got to be. Shit, I, I tell you, it's got to be. <laughs> It's got to be a younger player who maybe has, has struggled with performance that we think maybe could have a bounce back with a change of scenery and a first a guy who, and again, like I'll throw names out there. I'm not saying these particular players. I'm saying players of these ilk. Remember when Jonathan drew was traded from Tampa to Montreal, right? That was a guy who would, who had the pedigree, who would perform for a little bit, but just kind of stagnated out. Seemed like his career kind of, you know, plateaued, right? They took a chance. They traded for him and, you know, drew in, has put up points. He hasn't been all as productive as originally they had thought when drafted. Another guy, Grumpy Old Man, I use uses an example, Jacob DeBrusque. I'm not saying exactly Jacob DeBrusque. I'm saying a player like that. He's had, you know, performances when he was younger where he'd score 20-some-odd-plus goals a season, 45, 50 points. And, you know, he's a guy who probably needs a little bit of a change of scenery in a first-round pick. So that's what I'm thinking about. A player of that ilk who maybe has fallen out of good graces, who's still relatively young, maybe could bounce back. I, you know, there are players across the board. Who was the player that went to florida grumpy old man and really was able to turn his career or turn his career around i'm trying to think he signed a one-year deal with the florida not well bennett did that too but i'm thinking about uh this is a winger i can't think of the guy i'll have to pull it up but a player of that ilk i think you need to find a player who's fallen out of kind of good graces Who's still young he performed a little bit when he was younger had the hype machine behind him kind of plateaued a bit the same way anthony bevillia has for us in a first round pick that's what i'm looking for
1: okay i I don't Care about the secondary player because, particularly a forward, because it doesn't matter. We're, our team is loaded with guys with long term deals in our forward group. So, and if you're looking for somebody who's going to play on your first two lines, I think that's a little bit too much of an ask for Varlamov. For me, I'm looking for draft capital. If it's a first round pick, absolutely, I'm moving him. I'm just all about loading up and people say, well, gosh, you know, that pick's going to be, you know, 25 or, you know, whatever, 22 or 20 or whatever. In a deep draft, a 25 is maybe worth what a 15 was in a regular draft year
0: by the way, Anthony Duclair was the name I was looking for for Florida. Okay. A guy like that, right? Anthony Duclair, before he found his his stay in Florida, he was, was, a free agent. Of, he, was well, he was a free agent. I'm just saying a player like that who was kind of, you know, they've showed signs when they were younger. They've had seasons where they look good. Others where they're like, yeah, the consistency's not there. They need a little bit of a change of scenery, a different type of coaching style that maybe helped them get their feet underneath them, and they could finally turn themselves into a guy who's a, a legitimate top six, you know, performer. So I'm mean, like, you're taking a gamble, right? Because they might you know crap out um they might crap out so like alex galchenyuk right he was a guy maybe i would have said a few years ago i'd roll the dice on an alex galchenyuk even if he doesn't pan out like probably galchenyuk hasn't at this point you would argue you still have that first round pick in the mid-20s yeah that's 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 what i'm looking for if i'm trading away a guy like varlamov sorokin's fantastic sorokin again sorokin has the ability to be a top five netminder in the nhl i think talent wise is unbelievable unbelievable
1: okay I think you're you're thinking the value of uh, Semyon Varlamov is way more than it really is. I just don't think he's that – like I said, if you get a first-round pick, I'm running to the bank and cashing that
0: one. I'm thinking this with Varlamov. He's a guy who has one additional year of uh, cap certainty. And uh, I'm not saying, again, you can build a team around him. He's up there in age. What I am saying, though, is we gave up. And you look at the trade deadline. Everybody always overpays at the NHL trade deadline. And again, if the player is fallen out of good graces and he's, you know, kind of sitting there where he's been healthy, scratched a game or two. I mean, Jacob Verona was a guy who fell out of graces in, in Washington well, and, he goes, was and he goes to Detroit. Well, even after, even, after when Todd, even afterwards when Todd Reardon was the coach, he fell out of good graces there too. His point production wasn't there. He gets moved to the Red Wings right? And He's able to revamp his career given I don't think he's come back this year yet because he's still working his way through the injury or the surgery he had in the offseason. But they traded him for Mantha and uh, they traded away Ponick. They got Verana who's really performed and bounced back a little bit. Those are the type of guys I'm looking for. And again, they'll look at it. Remember, Washington did it this last year and they said hey we think that you know verona is just not in the cards for us we're going to upgrade with mantha and we're going to go ahead and give you richard ponick to shed some additional cap and make additional moves so that's what i'm looking for right might not work out for us i'm just saying teams always overpay at the nhl I, I
1: don't see anybody oh. giving you a young top six forward type Plus a well, was not
0: a Top six forward at that time period. He was bouncing in between. He was a healthy scratch. I'm just saying Duclair wasn't uh, again. Duclair wasn't traded, but Jonathan Drouin was not a top six forward when traded. He was a guy who had potential showed spurts, but,
1: but their skill sets are of top six forwards, regardless of production or not. They're not bottom six type forwards.
0: Anthony Bavillier would be a guy like this. And would you consider, let's say we were a goalie-hungry team. Again, I think the league values Varlamov possibly more than you and I do. I think you and I look at him and say, I think Varlamov is a player of the system, and that's the reason why. But I think the league says, all right, we're able to see he's still flexible. He moves well. He provides a consistent hand in net. He's a confident goalie and a confident netminder. He's produced good numbers for the Islanders. Given he won't produce those here, but he'll produce better than our current netminder. And if we could maybe shave off fifteen or twenty goals over the next, you know, thirty games, that's fantastic. And in the playoffs, let's say he shaves off seven or eight goals where our current goalie wouldn't be able to have it. That could turn a series and possibly elevate us to a Stanley Cup Finals.
1: Okay, um, I'm sure maybe other – like I said, I think Varlamov is a solid goalie. If I could get – if I could trade – move him for a first-round pick, I'm doing that. I still think that you're overvaluing his worth. I just don't see
0: – Paul uh, Mary and Travis Ajak went for a first and a fourth last year's trade deadline. jean Gabriel Legeau, who was on an expiring contract, went for a first. And what was that, first and a
1: second? A first, second, and if we would have won a cup, a third.
0: Yeah, so first and second and a conditional item if we want a couple. We did isn't
1: that exorbitant for a third line center?
0: It is, but that's okay. the that, that, that Across the league, teams always overpay. You might say Lou's always overpaying. Everybody overpays at the trade deadline. Everybody does because they see the cup so close. They say, we've got what it takes. We can mortgage the future for this year's success. And they look at it and say, oh, this is a pick that's going to be in the 25th overall selection. This is a guy who hasn't panned out for us. Now we get the goal that we need, and we can really win a Cup.
1: Okay, if you're looking at Edmonton, they're in eighth place in the playoffs for in the West.
0: They need a new goalie, quite okay,
1: obvious. I, I agree that, but do you think they're going to give up players and a first-round pick when they're going to be in eighth? See, I don't look, know. I,
0: I would say in their situation, if a guy like Jesse Pujarvi did not start performing, and let's say he was going, eh, a little bit here and there, right, he's performed. The numbers have been there since playing with Connor McDavid and Leandre Saddle. You could say maybe he's a product of McDavid and, and Dry Saddle, and I, I, I tend to probably side towards that. Anybody could put up points with McDavid and Drysaddle just by being on the ice. They said Leo Komaroff would have 40 points paired up with McDavid and Drysaddle. So you're looking at a guy who you know is a tweener, and their lineup. He was he was a guy that was last season. He was a guy that was rumored to have been possibly on the block. He was going to be waived and a first round pick. So that's what I'm talking about. Like I, I'm not. I don't think Puljuari because he's played very well this season. I don't think he's in the in the cards to being dealt. And I have not examined the Oilers lineup all that all that fastidiously. But I'm just saying, a first round pick for the Oilers, they're going to be saying, "Hey, if we can get the goalie, which is what we desperately need, we're going to start winning games." They don't have trouble scoring the goal. They have trouble keeping the puck out of their own net, and their goalie Koskinen is not doing them any favors.
1: Yeah, I just I just think you're overvalue what you're going to get from all of it. that's all. We'll just agree to disagree on that one. I, I don't Let's see him being <laughs> anything more. If you can get a first-round draft pick for him, I'm moving him. Even a second rounder, I'm moving. Shh,
0: him. No, I'm not moving him for a second, brother. I no am. way in hell. That was that would be. We talk about how little you get paid for for Devontae. He's backup.
1: He's a backup goalie. He's
0: and backup. any, uh, I would say across 25 of the teams among the league, he would be a one A one B starter.
1: Yeah, he's a backup he's a starter. I'm not going to. We're not going to go through all the goalies in the league. To me, he's a backup. On a good team, he's a backup.
0: Oh, okay. Um, we've got Scott L saying, "Hello, guys. What's up, Scott? And what's up, Brett W? How are you guys doing here?" And he said, "Sorry to hear about Jer- uh, Barry's mom. There, peace be with you, Barry. That's yeah, sad." I'm telling now,
1: you. I just, I always wanted to ask Jeremy if that's him, and if that's uh, you know over in Scotland.
0: That should be. Uh, what do they call that? Um, well, like, it's a famous golf course, isn't it?
1: Yeah, but I'm forgetting the name. I don't know if it is or not. I'm just asking. I don't know if that's Jeremy on the course over there, you know, where they've held the British Open in the past, and I forgot the name. My my bad. I'm just wondering if that is
0: John M. Saying good evening, gentlemen. Going to be watching some all burn destroy Florida night or Eagle boys. Well, welcome John. Uh, Brett W. Said, um, who should Barry or who should Barry Trot sit for, for 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 Palmieri Ross? Or Kiefer Bellows. Bellows?
1: Bellows. Bellows. Bellows needs to play the top six role. It, the problem that Barry makes with whenever he does play Bellows or has in the past is putting him in a bottom six forward position, where his job is just to play defense. That's not the type of player he is. He's a top six goal-scoring forward. You don't dump those guys in the bottom six. i uh, I'm For me... St. Andrews. St. Andrews, that's exactly it, yes. So for me, I, I don't know. I'm looking at it this way. If you want Ross Johnston to play, you sit Matt Martin. You sit You sit Casey Zizekas and put Zach Parise down on the fourth line. That's what I do. Cal Clutterbuck has earned his spot this year.
0: He's played really well. And that's a guy all- who traded the deadline. I think a team you're going to get paid more than you think his value is worth because he's a sandpaper guy who's got experience and could really fill in on you know a fourth line, a fourth line right wing
1: role. Right now, so if you're looking at you know just your fourth line, I mean, I have no problem at all with it being Parise making 750k, centering Johnston and Clutterbuck. No problem at all. Jarnak should play on your third line with Pajot, and an Anthony Bavillier, right? To me, my second line would be, since you know they're going to play him at some show, or perform, you play uh, Nelson with Lee and either Bailey or Palmieri. Gotcha. And then whoever doesn't make the cut there, they're the top six forward that sits, either Bailey or Palmieri, and you put Wallström with Bellows and Barzell. That's what I would do.
0: Gotcha. Um, John M. saying, yep, play the young guys. You'll find out what you've got in the future with them. Uh, Coach Tommy B. said, good evening, guys. Good evening, Coach Tommy B. Salutations. Um, Matthew S. saying, what's up? Welcome, welcome. Michael T. there saying, good evening. Cool kids. Mr. Grumpy and Mr. TJ. Good to see you guys. Good to see you, too. Um, And then Tommy B. said, appreciate uh, if you guys can send a get well soon to my lady, Andrea. Uh, Had a hip surgery done on Thursday. Ooh.
1: You want to know why? Because she's been carrying Tommy's lazy ass for how many years? <laughs> Andrea, good luck.
0: Absolutely. Hopefully I, you're back and walking soon. I tell you, those those type of things that immobilize you when you're sitting on the couch suck. But hopefully you get well soon.
1: Yes, I hope you get well soon. And I'm going to give you a piece of advice. Cut loose that dead weight. You will not have to have another hip surgery.
0: <laughs> uh michael t saying hey guys love the show keep up the good work what's up michael t i wonder if these michael t's are the same grumpy i don't know no anyway uh war zone senior citizen says if the grumpy old man was islander's owner would you fire trots
1: depend on because i would have already asked him the questions that I've posed here in the last month and a half, two months.
0: You wouldn't, ne- you wouldn't fire a midseason, though. I mean, like if, they- if Barry Trotz were to go, it would be more of an off season. Like, Hey, we've got a difference of, uh, you know, we've got a difference of opinion for the future.
1: Right now, right now you're playing for next year okay. as an organization, as an organization, you want to evaluate your talent. You have to, th- this season's lost gone i disagree there a bit okay that's fine. i'm not
0: not saying i'm not saying we're making a guaranteed make the playoffs based off of what the young players have shown if we continue to ride the hot hand i think we can rattle off a few wins i told you the next 10 games are very very easy point of our schedule all at home if we're able to come away with 16 points i think we're singing a different
1: tune okay can i just say something sure Warzone did not ask if TJ was general manager, If was owner. He asked if the grumpy old man was owner. Look at you. So just let me give the answer, then you can pontificate if you like. I would say to Barry, it's about next year. And we're going to do everything we can to get rid of some of the deadwood veterans on this team. Are you willing, because here's the thing, if Barry comes in and starts just playing old veterans again, that's a fireable offense in my opinion. So if I'm If I'm the owner, I would have already had this talk with him. Hey, condolences on your mom when you come back. This is what we want. We know the chances of making the playoffs or contending for a Stanley Cup this year are really, really slim at this juncture. So what we want you to do, Barry, is to ride the young guys all year and let's evaluate what they can do if they can be part of the plan going forward. And if Barry says, I don't want to do that, I'm going to go with the veterans, goodbye, Barry. And I'd fire him that day. And I put Lane Lambert, I put Lane Lambert as the head coach and give him the same edict because we're not playing for this year anymore. We're playing for next year. In my opinion, that's what we're doing. I want the young guys to play. That's what I want.
0: You and I disagree a bit just because I think if the young guys do play, I think that you are going to see. I think you're going to see a little bit more life. You're going to see more energy. And I think you're going to see something that the Islanders uh, lane Lambert. I think, again, he's going to employ a similar style, more defensive minded, but I, Barry trots is slate has a slavish, devo- slavish devotion to playing defense, 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 defense. First, everything comes, all the offense we produce comes from again, heavy fo- or heavy, heavy checking, forcing mistakes in our defensive zone, which we're able to go ahead and break out into a counterattack. That's that's, that's Barry Trot's style. Hey, counter punch defense, you know, block, 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 boom, hit him with a counterpunch. I mean, that, that's what we're looking for out of Barry. That's what Barry Trott's style is. I think Lane Lambert still is defensive-minded, but I don't think as defensive-minded perhaps as Barry. Again, I don't know them through a hole in the wall. Lane Lambert. We've only seen him coach over a two-game span. I'm going to say one thing: when he's out there coaching the Islanders, he wasn't upsetting the apple cart saying, "Hey guys, let's play, let's play a, uh, let's play a New York Rangers style of hockey. Let's play heavy four-check, all offense, all the time. Let's play the Toronto Maple Leaf style of, of play from last year. We're just going to be playing all offense, no defense."
1: Okay, no, you misunderstand my point.
0: No, no, I, I, I don't. I'm just saying, you know, we're talk about Lane Lambert. That's all.
1: Well. You're not gonna hire somebody from outside the organization now. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna if you're gonna have an interim guy, you do it from within. I wouldn't, I, mean, I
0: wouldn't fire him halfway through the season, man.
1: Okay. If he refuses to go with the direction that we want the if I'm the if I'm the owner, okay, that's how this, this question was prefaced. If I was the owner, I would have already had this conversation with him because I feel Barry has gotten this team to go as far as it can go under him. With these with this current uh makeup of it's course. been far,
0: it's been really far. Let's not let's not undermine that. It's been really far under Barry.
1: Okay, but if he doesn't want to see which young guys and it's it's all about auditioning the young guys to see if they can play. Yeah, that to me that's what it's all about. And if Barry says no to that, I have no problem saying goodbye. Okay.
0: J.K. here, which is too pessimistic, said, uh, Staple just had the last podcast covering the Islanders. Yep, so now he's officially moving to the Rangers. Okay, well, there we go. That was the last podcast. That was the last No Sleep Till Belmont podcast, grumpy old man. Glad you there got it. There you that. go. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you. And then Jeremy F. saying, Assuming Green and Char are finished after this season, the Islanders have Pelic, Salo, Aho, Bolduc, uh, Mitchell Van Sompel on the left side, Lindholm is the only unrestricted free agent worth signing. What do you guys suggest Lou does?
1: You can make trades also in the offseason. There are teams that have a glut of left-handed defensemen. I think Salo should start next year, depending on how he plays the rest of the year. But like I said, once again, if I'm the owner, my edict going down to the coaching staff is I want Salo to play every game the rest of the way with the auspice that, you know what, maybe he can play on the bottom pairing if he doesn't shine. Uh, we still want him to be a starter next year, even if it's – a some limited minutes capacity on the bottom pairing, or if he steps up, we can move him onto the second pairing with no adoption going into next year. That's what my thought process is. And if his development is a little bit slow, you go out and you acquire a left-handed defenseman. You don't wait until a week in the training camp before signing a 45-year-old Zidane Ochara. You act proactive in that.
0: Real quick, did you happen to see on a different topic, I think the NHL All-Star Game has been canceled this year. Did you see that?
1: No loss there. That's a pretty, oh, yeah. it's a boring week. I, I never liked the All-Star game itself. It's just, I don't know, it just it lost its appeal over the years for me.
0: Am I thinking wrong here? Because I'm seeing a whole bunch of people, hey, vote for Matt Barzal. Maybe I saw that they were considering canceling the All-Star game, depending on what was going on. Well, maybe
1: know. Usually they have it in February. Maybe they were not going to have it because of uh, the Olympics. But since they took that away from the players, maybe they'll throw them a bone for the All-Star game. I don't know.
0: It's still showing as uh, February fifth. I don't know where I saw that, but I thought I saw that the NHL All Star Game was going to be not in not in favor this season. So maybe I maybe I had to check my sources. I had to find out where I saw that. Maybe it was just somebody joking around. Who the heck knows? Um, this guy kind of saying the Grumpy is off-centered on that TJ on that shirt. TJ, I liked it over here on the right side. So it allows it's like uh, you know like how people put like a pocket there or something like that. I just wanted the Grumpy on the little crest. It's like a crest of the Grumpy old man on the back is the grumpy's groupies van, um and then uh, we've got here matthew s saying staple can eat
1: spit i don't know how nutritious uh that is but uh he could pretty much eat whatever he likes i think it's still a free country when it comes to eating food
0: <laughs> i don't know how nutritious that is
1: <laughs> probably a little <laughs> bit limited nutritional value but hey you never know
0: oh man oh man i'll tell you uh the entire nhl for the matter um i find it hard to really give a shit uh, for all the mess of the schedule and COVID.
1: Well, oh, it's just so disjointed. It's like, I mean, the Islanders have played how many games it seems like in a month. We played what two games? It's like off season almost.
0: Sp said there's no shame in his game because he's always the same. Talking Bingo. about yes. um, Tommy B said, no, uh, if you give up that group of players, uh, get a frontline score. If you were to give up your your uh, Anthony Bavillier, Robin Salo, Atu Ratu, and a first round pick, you need to get a guy who's a top line score.
1: I just think looking at how the team has performed this year, the veterans in particular who are under long term deals still, you're kind of between a rock and a hard place. And is going after a a, a proven score the way to go, or do you want to just kind of do, you know, hey, let's reload with uh, Retool. you know retool yeah reload retool yeah yeah i guess it would be retool cuz certainly not reload um retool by just getting as many draft picks as you can moving whatever veterans you can for whatever value and just try to uh, amass a, a nice stable of young players coming in that's what i would do
0: hmm. yeah I'm absolutely grumpy i don't disagree i don't disagree and anything. even
1: if, even if you have a little bit of a down year for a year or two that's fine as long as you have a plan and you see players who can de- develop and ease them into your system. I have no problem with that.
0: Scott L. also saying, Yeah, it's way too much. We're giving up in a Chicharron deal. And SP said, Yep, it's too much and half of our future for one guy who won't even fix half the problems we have. Rich A. also saying, Yeah, super dumb trade. Our window, to, our, our, our win now window was closed last season.
1: I say two years ago.
0: Tommy B says, "Give me a cost-controlled score for Barzal, and I do it." Are you, oh, Tommy B? Are you worried that Matt Barzal might run for the hills?
1: That's I suggested I suggested that a while ago, and I was shot down. I was like, uh, I felt like I was the, uh, I was George Custer, and everybody Custer, else is the Indians
0: at Custer's stand.
1: Custer's last stand, right? I mean, <laughs> that's my whole thing. You got to keep him happy, and to me, you actually you have to talk to him about that.
0: I I hate, uh, you know, one thing I kind of, I dislike about, I guess I don't dislike it. It's just how it's, things have changed and it's across all sports. Now you you look back how sports were 15, even 20 years ago. You wanted to keep players happy. But it wasn't as important. Now, it's like you have to do anything and everything you can to pamper players because it's like they're, uh, and again, good for the players, right? They're realizing the power and the sway and the movement that they've got where you have to be essentially kissing the freaking ground that they walk on. And again, like I can understand how some people don't like to do that, but it's just what most teams in all professional sports and even college sports do now. I mean, you look at the name, image, and likeness deals and everything like that. Players that are really talented, you essentially have to say, hey, I've got to do anything I can to keep this guy happy. Just how it
1: is. Times have changed.
0: Times have changed. If
1: you don't change with them, if you don't change with them, you're going to get left in the dust. And I'm talking about Lou Lamarillo there.
0: Michael T said, oh, and by the way, Aaron Rodgers over Tom Brady, Grump.
1: I don't know about that. Tom Brady leads the league in yards, touchdowns, completions, Super Bowl victories. My question is, who would you rather have in a big game, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? That ends that discussion right there. Thank you, Michael T.
0: And then Anthony R. saying, stop with this Chitrin stuff and stop giving. We're not giving up half of our young players for them. I tell you, people, people were people on social media. were not as opposed to this as some. And I was just I was shocked by it. Yeah, because of dumb
2: names. Because of dumb.
0: Yeah. Dumb. And then Scott L says it's pronounced Chitrin. Thank you. Call him Chitrin. But thank you, Chitrin. Um Uh, Jeremy F said, "Robin Salah, 23, all the season turns 24 at the start of next year. I was about to say, you talk about a guy who's who projects to be a top four or top four defenseman. He's got a lot of offensive acumen. We're going to be giving up a guy who, again, could fill into a role, maybe not as good as Chikrin, but a guy who is a more than a more than serviceable top four defenseman when he does get his feet underneath him here. I think.
1: Do you want to repeat the same mistake of Devontae's? And here's the thing: I don't think that Robin Salah was good at Devontae's." Um, Certainly not yet. Haven't seen enough of him. But Taves was an established veteran who played a year and a half in the league and you gave him away for nothing. Do you want to repeat that mistake? I mean, we repeat mistake after mistake after mistake by signing our 30 and over crowd to long term extensions. Don't make the same mistakes with the young players.
0: Yep, and John G. and Andrew Alley, yes, echoing the same thing. It seems like the majority of the people listening to this podcast, Grump, are uh, not in favor of that trade, and I do like to see that. And Brian B., your brother from another mother, said, give it up, please. is a third-liner at best. That's why I say top-nine forward. I- I'm gonna that means play- he's, he's, I mean, he's going to be a, a, a streaky third-line a third line left-wing score. If there's a plethora of injuries, he could be slid up to a top-six role. But on a good team, he's a top-nine guy. Third-liner, third-line left-wing.
1: Let's see. For for most of this fan base who listens to our show, they're smart. They're a smart group of people, not just some goofballs.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And then Tommy B said, "If you take Atu Ratu out of the deal, I do it. I just that yeah. first round pick. I'm sorry. I just."
1: Speaking of goofballs, see there you go. There's the exception that the rule, right there. <laughs> <laughs> that was saying. just too easy. That was too easy. <laughs>
0: too easy. Perfect. Too easy. Perfect. Man. Anthony R. saying Bavilia will bounce back. He's young. Just a bad year uh for the entire club. I still believe he can be a good second-line left wing. He's- he would put up more points in a team that is more offensive-minded. He's never gonna put up a lot of points in this system, just won't happen.
1: Yeah, he'd be much better. He's he's a go-getter. And here's the thing: what people seem to forget, you know, we rip him well, gosh, or Barry rips him saying, well, he's not playing enough defense or, you know, he had a lazy play. Go look at the other forwards in this league. I think teams that have a lot of offensive talent would love to have a guy like Anthony Reville on their team. Why? Because they've been trained by Barry Trotz on how to play defense from a forward position, and that – so even though they play – would have higher offensive numbers and wouldn't have the level of responsibility that they do – At the new team they go to, the fact that they know how to play that would really improve their stock with other teams. And I think teams would value him very highly because of that.
0: And another reason, too, with Anthony Bavillier, even if he's making a defense mistake here and there, if you don't watch a lot of the teams around the NHL, their defensemen have worse defensive responsibilities sometimes than our forwards do. And like you look at it and you say, yeah, okay, you know, if he was in a more offensive-minded, he would still make the mistakes on the defensive side of the puck, but they would look like a, an infinitesimally small fraction of the mistakes that that the other forwards and the defensemen he was playing on, on that same line with that were making. So, I mean, it's worth taking that into account. Um, George B said, oh, stop with this staple nonsense. He's horrid. He sucked up the snow, and once snow left, Staple actually had to do work. I wonder He just if he, took everything from Phil's facts.
1: I wonder if he <laughs> – I pulled off my mic. I wonder if uh, Staple put out there because now he's writing for the Rangers beat, and he figured that would be better for the Rangers to have, uh, you know, the Islanders gut their farm system for a guy who's, you know, okay.
0: <laughs> and Frank K saying the same thing. No damn way I'm doing that trade. Yeah, that trade just made to seem like a knee-jerk reaction to a lost season, says Michael T. Yeah. I agree. And Bavillia is the only player who's struggling on that list. JG said, or John G or JG says here. George B said the price, Josh Bailey, Kool-Aid Islanders, Hall of Famer is never mentioned as a trade piece. There's a reason.
1: Yeah, nobody wants him. Now here's the thing. If you said, hey, how about for Chick run would give you Bailey, and Lee, and Nelson. Well, I'm not Nelson. I think Nelson performed okay. But Lee, Bailey, and throw somebody. Clutterbuck, would you do it? I would do that. But would the other team do that? No.
0: Okay, why would they take oh, – sh- I'm
1: why just saying. Why
2: would they
0: take on, – Yeah, I'd also would have given him Andrew Ladd last year, and I'd also would have given him every bad contract. What's the difference? It's
1: it's a ridiculous trade scenario for my part, just like the one that Stable put out there is a ridiculous trade scenario from his part. They're both ridiculous, and neither one's happening.
0: SB said, not the deepest draft in the decade, TJ. 2015 was probably the best and deepest draft in history. I know 2015 was a fantastic draft from everything I'm reading. This is supposed to be one of the deepest drafts within the decade in the last two decades. That's all I'm saying. This is from what I'm reading. Again, we're going to have to have our board will scouching on this off season to give us a report of, especially if we've got a higher pick, man, we've gotta, got to we, got, we have to have will back on to kind of give us the lowdown. He, he cut right through the BS, in the off season and said, yeah, Robin Salo is a better defensive prospect than Samuel Bull Duke and was able to see right through that. And, uh, you know, I trust him. His his word now carries a lot he carries his word carries a lot of weight with it. <laughs> That's all I'll say in my book.
1: He didn't think um, much about the Islanders farm system either.
0: No, he did not. He loved Atu Ratu. And what does it say, right? The guys the guys performed he gets out of car pot he's performed right you saw samuel bulduk who he said nah, i really wasn't too big on him i mean it's it's robin salo he 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 foresaw all that situation i mean the guy is up to date he watches prospects play more than anybody else i think in the business so the guy's a hard worker we love will um true and then he and then matthew s said hell let's give him matt Barzal while we're at it frank k said maybe we can give him bellows wallstrom dobson and varley too <laughs> Yeah, Dan L say no freaking way. Arthur Staple is clickbait. Go that.
1: back to Dan L's comment. You know what the baby said? <laughs> you know he couldn't put his hand up to his head yet, but he knew it was such a bad trade. Just put his head down. Blah. That's all.
0: Anthony R. said, "This chikrin, uh, this chikrin, uh, is uh, such a non-realistic topic. Let's stay the course. We're finally starting to play the youngsters and seeing what the uh, what we have, and in some cases, pleasantly surprised and happy."
1: true true
0: Mario says remember uh when I said a few months back the Islanders should go after Chikrin, um it would have been a cheaper it would have been cheaper then too it would have been cheaper then
1: yeah but it wouldn't have made us any better this year we our problems are all on the front
0: Anthony Bavillier could reunite with Andrew Ladd that's true
1: best first line <laughs> could you imagine
0: could you imagine their top six top six left wingers being <laughs> Anthony Bavillier and Andrew Ladd yeah. Well. Oh man! Oh
1: man! Kessel's doing pretty good there this year. Clayton Keller.
0: Yeah, guys got to score for bad teams though. That's right. And here's the thing: Arizona has a lot of picks, and it's going to really determine on how, you know what the future that looks like. Are they going to miss on all these picks? Are they going to hit on it? Are they going to be the Detroit Red Wings in you know three or four years, or are they going to miserably miss on these and have a freaking prolonged rebuild that's going to last five, six seasons?
1: The one thing is Buffalo Sabers. Yeah, the one thing is when you have a whole lot of picks, even if you miss on a few, it gives you more opportunities to hit. That's 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 the real thing.
0: Look at the Islanders back in the early days too, Grumpy. Back during the dark times, how many freaking picks did we have in the top three rounds, and we still shit the bed.
1: Well, but those were not particularly great drafts. One year we had four first-round picks, and I think it was like a one-player draft. (laughs) I mean, you know, it was what it was.
0: you've got to love it man you've got to love it um yeah and we appreciate it dan Elson. you guys are both absolutely right there um oh yeah i'll tell you uh ariel c said klimberg is going to want a big contract next season but uh, he's not worth more than 7.5 million
3: does he
1: really want to come here i i, I mean I, I just think you're gonna find a hard time getting people to come here
0: i'm still gonna remain on board when you're talking about contracts if Noah Dobson is willing to sign and pen an eight-year contract, I'd give him eight-year, years, $7 million
1: per. I'm talking about free agency.
0: Oh, no, I'm just, I'm just talking about when we're talking about on the topic of contracts, I'm willing to overpay to keep Noah Dobson for an eight-year time period. I know he'd be the highest-paid defenseman on the team, and people are going to freak out about that. How can we pay him more than, than Adam Pellick and, and Ryan Pulak? I think Noah Dobson's ceiling is dangerously high, unbelievably high, unbelievably high. We've seen some of that. The guy, mind you, what is it? No, Dobbs is only 21 years old, Crump, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I'm all for that. And I wouldn't even offer him seven, maybe six and a half or six.
0: I'm sorry. He's 22. He just turned 22 okay. yesterday. Okay. Happy birthday, Noah. Happy
1: birthday, Noah. Um, but I know he listens
0: to the show. He's a very loyal follower.
1: Let's say it's six or six and a half million per year. Would his agent take that? Would he take that for an eight-year deal? I throw six, it out there
0: go for it or six and a half. That's fine. I'm just saying I'd go up to 7 million, say eight years, $7 million a year deal. Would you even, take it? I mean, we're buying out a lot of years free. of, of restrictive free agency.
1: Right. Even though he's not worth that yet by the end, he most probably is going to outplay that contract. That's what you want to do. That's why you invest in these guys younger and younger before they hit unrestricted free agency. And who did that? Toronto did that. You think of Mitch Marner hit the market or, Austin Matthews hit the market when they were uh, you know, twenty, you know, twenty-seven years old. How much money were they gonna make a year? Twelve million dollars. Now they got him on fairly reasonable term. Martiners like seven and a half. I mean, that's a steal for him. Yeah, you pay a little bit more up front, but you save so much on the back end.
0: I was about to say, you're going to be getting him through the prime of his career and the prime of it, right? Eight years would take him until he's 30 years old. I mean, you're getting some freaking fantastic years out of Noah Dobbs, and the guy's an unbelievable player, and you're going to see it. I, to- I said it. On the podcast when we were with Phil's Facts, I said 10 goals at bare minimum this season. Everybody looked at me like I had eight heads because what do you only have two goals at the time period or one goal? I said, just trust me, wait, you'll see. Now he's sitting at five, only 20 some odd games played for the Islanders. I'm sitting kind of comfy grumpy. I'm saying 10, maybe
1: 15,
0: but I'm saying bare minimum 10 goals for no Dobson this year.
1: He has more goals than the whole rest of the Giants, uh, Giants, the so Islanders sure. defense core.
0: The Giants, grumpy. I tell you, what are you? You you, you get a little tired, Grumpy? The Giants. Oh my
1: God! The Giants. The Giants.
0: I was about to say, the Giants score about
1: as often as as the Islanders do. So
0: (laughs) you know, they're gluttons for pain. All the all the New York fans. Uh, Tommy B says, unless I'm unless I'm getting a scoring stud, I'm not moving raw to or next year or this year's first round pick. Plain and simple.
1: I'm not moving any first round picks for at least the next two or three years. Not even close. Oh, come on, man. Next two I, or three I, years. I, you, Listen to me. The draft is the lifeblood of the team. You cannot trade it away. I, don't I it do
0: it. I, I get it. I get it. We have a lot of young pieces we can build around.
1: We don't have that many young pieces to build around. You're all Yes, 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 yes,
0: we do. No, no. Uh, think about it. Our top four defensemen are going to be cemented in. Cemented in. Our goaltender is cemented in. What are we really drafting for? We're drafting for additional defensive pieces in case you know, uh, you know, we got to trade or move a guy away. We're drafting for forwards, right? We've got a top line forward in Oliver Wahlstrom. He is going to be a bona fide top line right winger, no freaking doubt about it. What we've seen out of Kiefer Bellows shows that maybe he could slide into a top six role if he continues.
1: That's with- all you have. That's all you have.
0: Map ours all.
1: That's it. Three guys. Everybody else is replaced. Everyone else is imminently replaceable. That's what I'm saying. You don't have a whole – and who do you have coming up? Who do you have coming up? Watch
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. So then you still need eight more guys.
0: If I'm looking at it, I've got a top-line right wing, a top-line center, and a second-line center in the pipeline. And again, uh, Kiefer-Bellis, you can even take him out of the equation. I've got three of the six guys that we're going to need in our top 6
1: like – I'm not
0: trading – Our goalie's cemented in. I'm not trading –
1: if it's to me, I'm not trading first round draft picks, I'm just not doing it. Okay, it was a mistake for the last three years. We've done it, it has been a mistake.
0: Frank K saying, Zarnak has been better than both the devils.
1: Very true.
0: Yeah, Parise and Kyle Palmieri. Yeah, Staples last show. Um, and then uh, Jeremy F said, I think uh, Sarnak makes his the the disposable. Uh, I like 53, but a contending team would definitely love his game in the playoffs. Clutterbuck, too, if the Islanders drop out of the race for sure. The thing I worry about is the five more additional years on Casey Zizekas's contract. Would teams, would teams be wanting to trade for that and to sign up for it? Maybe. I, in my book, I would never sign up for a guy like that who's who's been in, who's had an injury-riddled career. And again, he's been healthy the last two or three seasons in shortened years. He's been relatively healthy. But as you turn 32, 33, 34 years old, the injuries are just going to continue to pile up. So you're going to be getting diminishing returns. And again, his cap hits nothing crazy, but... Do you want a case? Do you want to sign on board if you're a team like let's assume playoff caliber teams? If you're a team like uh Tampa, are you signing up for Casey Azicus for another five seasons? If They're you're not, a team like Edmonton, are you signing up for Casey Azikas for another five seasons?
1: No one is. Let yeah. me just can I ask you a question? Sure. With the set with everyone up against the salary cap ceiling because of COVID, why what was the market value for a, a 30-year-old fourth line center that you felt you had to give him a six-year deal. You couldn't have just offered him a three-year deal or a two-year deal. You couldn't have done that. Did you feel that the market out there for him was so extravagant that you had to go that extra mile? I just think it was so dumb.
0: Grumpy. I want to bring this up to you.
1: Um, I don't know know if you
0: happen to remember this. We talked about this on Thursday's podcast. On TJ and the Grumpy Old Man Show, but I wanted to bring this up. Do you remember how we talked about the CBA when it originally happened and we said, oh, wow, yeah, I think that the players lost and people told me, oh, no, well, they get they they're going to be able to play in the Olympics, which is a huge win and the cap's going to stay flat. But look at it. They lost so much money, guys, that this this makes sense for them. I have got something to share with you guys. And right after this, we'll read the ad and open up the phone lines. I apologize. I'm we're running slow today. But hey, it's a Saturday evening. Um, 20 different NHL teams are suing five different insurance providers, providers alleging the companies have breached contracts, refusing to reimburse them more than $1 billion worth of losses due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Let's just assume we split that across the board amongst the 20 teams, the 1 billion, that's 50 million across each team. So those 20 teams, remember they said, guys, we're not going to be able to financially get back from this. You know, the profits and the revenue, just, it's not good over that time period. So we're going to have to go ahead. And we're going to keep the cap flat for another three years. And then the fourth year after the CBA that we sign in, we're going to increase the cap by $1 million because we've lost so much revenue here during this COVID time period. You will be, I'm sure, under fans, you'll be very happy to know. Oh, sh- am I not showing my screen? I apologize. You're
1: not showing your screen.
0: But here it is, right? This was TSN Hockey. This was reported on January the 5th. You've got 20 different NHL teams suing for $1 billion total. Let's assume $50 million. per team, or around that average. Now, this, uh, people may ask, okay, are the players going to get some sort of benefit from this? I could Uh, answer that question. Former NHLPA lawyer and economic consultant Richard Reuter says, uh, no, because the NHL and the NHLPA's CBA specifically excludes insurance-related proceeds from HRR. I'm going to tell you what. The the amount of money they're going to recover, and they'll probably settle out of court from this. So they might not get the 1 billion. They're going to recover a certain portion, but the players are not going to see any of that money. And that's how they're going to kind of get back some of those losses they made. But hey, they pulled the wool over the players' eyes and they said when we're going yeah. to have CPI, when we're going to have CPI increasing about 7%, them some time periods, inflation is six or seven percent. We're going to keep the cap flat for another three years and one million dollar increase the year after. For four seasons, we're going to increase the cap by one million dollars. Whoop pulls the wool right over their eyes. And the big bargaining chip was the Olympics, which they're not even going to get.
1: I'm going to tell you what. I don't know how long the CBA runs for, but the next time, and I doubt the players will do it, I would just say, you know what? We're not playing unless we get bing, bang, boom. And don't, don't, don't even for a second bow off of that. And I'd ask for more than you probably deserve. Because they got screwed once again by the owners, the the hockey players always get screwed by the owners, always. And they're like I said, I'm not surprised the owners are not uh, losing money on this. I never thought they would. They, they,
0: they probably they probably will lose some money. They're not going to recover all of their losses. They're going to recover a no. large portion. Let's assume they even settle for a fraction of that. They're still recovering some of those losses that they claim that. Uh, were probably I don't not
1: believe they lost a billion dollars in a year and a half. I don't believe it. Amongst
0: I, twenty teams, fifteen, I flat a,
1: a, a billion dollars. No, I do not believe that.
0: Okay, I'm just saying it's 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 worth talking about, and you're not seeing a lot of people talking about this. Remember, we cover everything regarding the NHL on that uh, item. But Grumpy, do you know what time it is?
1: It's probably ad time, and we're behind on that.
0: Do you know? Do you know who who sponsors the the Islanders Never Say Die podcast and the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show? Do you happen to know who that is, Grump?
1: Yes, I do. Who? DraftKings, would you like me to read the ad? Look
0: at you! That's
1: I nice. want to get it done sometime before midnight. Hockey,
0: yeah, it is DraftKings. The ad in today's podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that will make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just one dollar on any NHL team and win a hundred dollars in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in two thousand and five, so you know somebody is going to light the lamp. If sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. No worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN and throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the nhl you must be 21 years or older in new jersey indiana or pennsylvania only new customers only minimum of a five dollar deposit and one dollar wages required one per customer six supply see draftkings.com sportsbook for full details if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER
1: how oh, is it it's the gambler madonna song and then kenny rogers had that. the gambler song also
0: didn't know that so, yeah uh matthew S. they're saying staple is obviously a rangers fan uh, so he's happy now. True. Going to open up the phone lines, ladies and gentlemen. The phone, if you want to call in to me and Grumpy, is going to be in the top left. Man, we haven't done a call in a little while, Grumpy. I might be a little rusty. I hope I don't make any mistakes.
1: Okay. Yeah, you can hope. Let's rip through some comments before we get any phone calls. How about that?
0: Okay. That's the Zika's contract. Will be a nightmare in a couple of years. It already looks bad enough. With the baby
1: knew. The but- baby knew. The baby was with me as soon as it was signed. Anyone who listens this show for a while knows that we've called all these bad contracts not the day of or not two weeks later or a year later. Immediately, as soon as I hear them announced, I can tell what's a good contract and what's a bad one. This was a bad contract.
0: Brian B. said, get used to the old vets, Grumpy. Trotz is here to stay.
1: Yeah. Like I said, if I was GM, things would change.
0: I like, and Anthony R. says, I like what Zarnak, uh, I like Zarnak too. Uh, And he looked good and uh, would like him to play the rest of the year with the club. But uh, remember, he's 29 years old.
1: That's okay. That's okay.
0: You should never sign Zarnak to more. Like, let's say he plays fantastic. I think he was only on a one-year contract at this point. Give another one-year contract. Let me say a one- or two-year deal. I wouldn't be signing him to a four- or five-year contract. Maybe a two-year deal. Maybe.
1: one. Okay, one or two years. That's it. They're bottom six guys. There's a million of them out there. You don't overextend for bottom line, bottom six players. You just don't. It's dumb. You want, if you're going to extend, you extend for high skill players. That's who you extend for, not bottom sixers. We do everything ass backwards, everything.
0: Oh goodness gracious, Grumpy old man. Goodness gracious. Well, Grumpy got another additional comment here. Otto Koivla scores this evening.
1: Good for him. Good for him
0: i about to say, now, he's played well. He's almost a near point-of-game stretch for the Bridgeport Islanders.
1: Why not give him a shot, too? That's
0: all I'm going to say, Grumpy. He's played He's played well. I mean, like, he's a guy that, you know, could people have his time of death, too.
1: Could he look any worse than Casey's Zizekas?
0: Hey, you're live here with Teejan, the Grumpfield Man. Who do we have calling in?
3: Uh, Jerry Springer, the former mayor of Cincinnati.
0: What is up, Jerry Springer, former mayor of Cincinnati? How are you?
3: How you doing today, TJ? How's it going over there,
1: Grump? Where's Steve Wilkos when you need him?
2: <laughs> oh, Steve Wilkos is a man. Who do you uh who do you guys think would win in a fight? Uh Jerry Springer or
1: Maury? Um Maury Povich. He's scrappy. How old is Jerry Springer yeah, now?
0: They're
1: both, in 70s. In 70s. They're both in their seventies. They're both in their seventies.
0: Man, I'll tell you. Jerry Springer, I think like he, maybe I don't know Grumpy, maybe I'm going Jerry Springer.
1: No, I'm going Maury Povich.
0: Yeah, Barry Spring would take him for sure.
1: Okay. I'll go with Maury. I think he's got the stamina. He's married to uh who the heck is he married to? Is he married to Connie Chung still?
2: I don't know. It beats me. I couldn't uh, tell uh, you But yeah, so um what do you guys um so I got a question for Grump. Grump, who do you think is uh top two top two worst contracts right now? On the Islanders? Yeah.
1: Anders Lee and Casey Azekus.
0: Wow. Casey's got the second worst contract wow, just Casey. because I guess he's got so much term still tied it's to term. it. It's term. it's term. It's term.
2: Anders, what do you mean we got? He's got two years. Uh he's got two two
0: million or what is it, one point five million? Two point five. Two point five over the next five oh, years yeah. for Casey. So he's got he's got quite some time still left on that contract and and Anders Lee, I think, is a no brainer for the worst contract. Might not be awful yet, it will be awful later.
2: Yeah. So I have a question for TJ, can you pull up uh can you pull up Char uh plus minus?
3: Um, I'm just curious to
0: <laughs> Well I'll pull. I'll pull that up, and I'm sure this is going to give Grumpy a lot of ammunition to go ahead and, <laughs> and opine about. But, but thank you, Jerry Springer, for calling in. As always, Jerry Springer, Grumpy old man, Jerry, of the mayor of Cincinnati. Jerry, 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 Jerry. Thanks. One more, one more question for the Grump. Hold on. One more question for the Grump. Um. So, who would you rather trust with your math homework, Piggy or Josh Bailey? Um.
1: Who's the first one? Piggy. Um. Lord of the um, flies. Piggy. I would go with Piggy. Get the okay. hell out of here. Josh
0: Bailey's very smart, Grump.
1: Okay, that's true. But Piggy was still doing mathematics in school at the time where Josh Bailey's done with that.
0: Everything's on a calculator. I mean, like, if it's just basic mathematics, maybe Piggy's never worked he said a mathematics
1: homework, see? Maybe you don't realize what you actually have to do the work.
0: I don't know. I don't know. Zaino Chara is, a plus mo- is actually a plus one this season with the Islanders. I'm shocked. I am too. I'm shook. I'm actually kind of shocked by that. It must have been a lot of makeup in the last few games. But thanks so much for calling in, Jerry Springer.
2: We gotcha. You.
1: you know, when I think about that uh, Zedano Char thing, maybe he was so bad early they just kind of stopped counting. They just hit the <laughs> reset button. Boop. Let's reset this.
0: No, over the last few games he's got. What oh, he's plus. He's a plus four of the last of the last four games. But love hearing from Jerry Springer, grumpy old man. True. Absolutely. We haven't done one of these calls in a while. I like hearing from everybody. I like it. I like it, Grumpy. Um, ooh, the yeah, owner should sign Antonio Brown since he since he needs a new career. I
1: don't want to go too far off topic, but we had a heated discussion on Thursday night about TJ was defending Antonio Brown, and I just said he's just a worthless POS at this point. And since then, he's thrown Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, uh, the whole Buc- Buccaneers organization, Mike Evans, O.J. Howard, everybody under the bus, that tells you all you need to know about him.
0: Not a good look. He should probably stop. He used to stop while he was ahead, in my opinion. Yeah, all I'm saying is I can believe both of those stories, and I believe there was enough wiggle room to where both of those stories with Bruce Arian and Antonio Brown said were yeah, both
1: correct. And, you know, he did a podcast, and he said, oh, it's not about targets, and then he went on a 15-minute diatribe how he wasn't getting enough targets in that game. That's exactly sure, that's, what he happened. He
0: was definitely upset about targets. There's no that's, doubt about it. That's what upset. it's about. He wasn't going to him enough. Maybe he's a little banged up. I, it's, it's not and, a podcast. We freaking hammered the shit out of this for, fu- for five minutes last one time. One last
1: thing. For a guy who said he has ankle tendon damage, needs surgery, he wasn't even walking uh, using a walking boot hmm. of a guy who needs surgery. He's full of shit. He's a liar. Next comment.
0: James F. saying, oh, what's up, guys? What's up, James? How uh, are you uh, Tommy B that's saying uh they're not prospects they were and they were AHL fodder talking about talking about Joe. that's Stale. true
1: but they were still but they were still guys in the organization and let's, maybe they filled the need for Jersey.
0: Anthony R said let's move on from Devon Taves. It is what it is. We need uh the offseason to get a second handed left or a left defenseman um then uh we're set on defense Char and Green will be gone pelic Pulak, Mayfield Dobson Sallow is a very nice group I'll tell you this much if the right deal comes around for Mayfield and you have the ability to trade him, I would this offseason. I would this this trade deadline. Yeah. If somebody comes, Scott Mayfield played extremely well in the playoffs. He's a better playoff defenseman than he is in a regular season. He gets away with a lot more clutching and grabbing. I think his value at the trade deadline would be maybe a first and a second because you have an additional year of cap certainty at one point. What is what is it? One point 4, four five. I'll just round up to 1.5 million you've got 1.5 million of an additional season for a top four defenseman he is going to earn you a freaking pretty penny if you are in rebuild or retool mode you could say All right, mayfield's gone we bring it we believe we can bring in an additional defense maybe it's going to be a little bit more additional on the cost side but we believe hey maybe salo can slide into a role like that we've got additional defensemen that can slide into roles
1: if you can get a first round pick plus for scott mayfield and a first-round pick for Varlamov at the trade deadline. Now you're starting to make okay. Things are starting to kind of turn around a little bit.
0: You can use the additional picks to make trades for players. Forget, forget trades.
1: Time. Forget the trades. Forget the trades. Stop with the trades. This team isn't anywhere near close enough to competing for a Stanley Cup. Not even close.
0: All I'm gonna say is you look no. at the right. You look at the right defenseman, Ryan Re- Pulak's Right, hold on, stop stop, 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 please, please, please. Ryan Pulock's a right defenseman. Noah Dobson's a right defenseman. I love Scott Mayfield as a bottom six guy across the NHL as a right defenseman. He's going to be a top four in the majority of the teams he would play across the league. And if you're telling me you can get a top four defenseman, he's not very offensive-minded, more of a stay-at-home defenseman type of player, big bodies people out in front of the net for $1.5 million this season and next season, that's a freaking deal. And you've got there Ryan Pulak as well as, as, uh, as Noah Dobson as your top four. You could find somebody else to fill in as a bottom six defenseman, as a bottom six right D-man. On the left-handed defense side, right? char has gone. You've got Pelic. You've got you've got Sallow. If Salo could step in and be a top four guy next year, maybe shows the ability to, you've got your top four solved.
1: Yeah, so that's Rumstick on that side. To me, the greatest chance is you're gonna have to go out and get a left-handed defenseman in the offseason who can fill that top four spot, perhaps. Um, but if you can move Mayfield and get a first round plus, I mean, and here's the thing: do not, do not, do not trade draft picks for players just stop doing it we're nowhere near close enough to contending for a Stanley Cup we're just not just not happening
0: all I'm going to say here is this if the right deal comes around for Scott Mayfield uh if it's a you know one a first and a second I'm taking My, it. I'm I
1: taking love Scott it. Mayfield but see you later. It's about. He hasn't
0: had a great regular season this year. He didn't have a great regular season last year. He really turned it on the playoffs. And if you could sell a team on, hey, he's a real playoff performer. This is a guy when the game gets physical and more clutching and grabbing, it happens. He can really, you know, play his style and he looks fantastic on the ice. Great, do it. I would. You still have Pulak and Dobson that are going to be under control for a long time period. I mean, Scott Mayfield's going to want to get paid next paycheck. What does he want? He's going to want three. Three million plus, maybe three and a half. Right? You have to feel like Scott Mayfield. I'm just saying, at least. So now you're gonna be paying your bottom a bottom six defenseman, albeit who's gonna play more minutes than what you would pay. What you would play for a bottom six defenseman, he's gonna be getting paid three, three and a half, maybe four million per.
1: Yeah, I don't care. They're not gonna resign him. I mean, I'd move him. I'd move him at the trade deadline. Absolutely. There are certain guys I would absolutely move. If you can move Varlamov, you move him. Scott Mayfield, move. Any of the plethora of useless forwards you have, move.
0: And I think, and again, I think Samuel Bolduc, right? He's a right. He's a right defenseman.
1: He's and a so defenseman. is Bodie Wild, right? He's a Body left Wild? Okay, so Bodie Wild. Bodie Wild's a right defenseman, but it looks like, regardless, I, I'll bet you he's in the doghouse.
0: I would assume so as well. Because he
1: wouldn't acquiesce.
0: Frank K. said Bailey's a real leader. He'll never be benched. The armadillo will never sit in not even for one game.
1: Hmm. Well, when you keep making, if you don't learn from your past mistakes, you're doomed to repeat them.
0: Pudge M saying, play the youth. Couldn't agree more. Um, Warzone senior citizen says, Grumpy old man, they had to trade Devon Taves. They needed cap space to give Suzuka no. six years. Resign Cal Clutterbuck and Martin for the identity line.
1: They could have moved Nicoletti. They could have moved Nicoletti, period. And then you would have had extra money even
0: brian b said he'll play where wilson plays next year lost right alone on the island abandoned on the island i don't know wilson's that volleyball isn't it Grump? i i
1: don't okay. know don't worry Wait, about I it don't, I, I don't, don't i don't wilson was in in uh that castaway movie as the ball, the soccer ball with the handprint but i don't know where brian was going with that i
0: thought it was a volleyball Anyway,
1: was a volleyball, was a volleyball.
0: David D he said, hello, uh, fellow uh fellows, the cows are playing tonight one and
1: out. Okay.
0: Not sure what that means. Actually, the cow, I'm not sure what the cows are.
1: Frank Cowgirls. The cowgirls, maybe. Dallas? Dallas Cowboys.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Um uh Frank K said uh Pajot didn't look healthy and didn't have jump. I thought at the end, you know, before you know everything started hitting COVID, I thought he did look like his jump was mm, returning a bit.
1: A little bit, but then he slumped again. It seems like he's only able to sustain it for a couple of games. I still think he's hurt. I think he's hurt. Hmm. And if he's not, it's a real problem because he's another three years of five million per for third line center.
0: David D saying, I ordered my Islanders jersey last week. When to expect it? If it's the Islanders never say no, well, She he said,
1: usually. Frank, how are you? I ordered my Islanders jersey last week. When to expect it.
0: Okay, gotcha. Fair enough. Uh, misread it. Uh, Frank K or Jeremy F. They're saying Bellows and Lee score in different ways. Lee worked uh, works on the boards. Uh, Lee's work on the board is better right now, but with Barzal, uh, you shouldn't have to play dump and crash. Lee should be with a Brock Nelson type.
1: He's always played well with Brock Nelson and Josh Bailey. As much as I hate to admit it, they've always been a good line together. The three Never of them been. have always performed admirably together.
0: You remember the kid line back in the day of Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, and Ryan Strome?
1: Now they're the geezer squad.
0: Now they're all aged veterans, man. Yeah. Oh, I tell you. Um, Frank K said Tim Kerr was better. He was. Those Flyers went to two Stanley Cup finals. They didn't win, though. <laughs> I know Grumpy hates the Flyers. Oh, man.
1: My question was not, did they go to the Cup finals? I said, how many cups did they win?
0: Zero. Michael T. said, let's see." You don't some-
1: get anything for second place. What did Ricky Bobby say? If you're not first, you're last. Thank you, Philadelphia Flyers.
0: Michael T. said, let's see somehow Barry Trotz is gone from the Islanders. What NHL coaching candidates are available?
1: Joel Quinville's available.
0: No, you've got to get the a- perfect.
1: He, he's the perfect coach. Well, eh. He shouldn't even been fired for what happened. That was ridiculous. Okay.
0: And then you're seeing uh, Paul Maurice in Quinville. Those are I guess you're talking about true hockey coaches the best coaches on paper
1: Quinville it's Quinville.
0: slowly counting down the days till the next Islanders game that's right
1: yeah I can't wait honestly
0: mm, Brian B said have you watched how Lee skates TJ oh yeah you
1: he you can't skate you can't skate you
0: can't. uh JG uh Quinville is yeah ha- if, if Quinville coaches you have to get approval from um you have to get approval from uh Gary Bettman to have Quimble coach. Hey, they call. paid
1: Beach off. Why can't this guy coach again? They paid him off. Why can't this guy coach? I just found it interesting. to
0: just learn there from the situation.
1: I just found it interesting. Who are the guys who paid the price? Was it the ownership group? Nope. There's a good old boys in that ownership group. There was a coach. That's, that's a, a guy who wasn't even coaching for their organization anymore. He's the guy who lost his job. And Bowman, the GM.
0: Uh, SP said, rest in peace, Teddy Balker.
1: Yeah, I, I saw that on Hockey Night in Canada tonight. Uh, 16-year-old boy, wound up, got a skate cut across the throat and bled out and died on the ice. Terrible, terrible. Mm.
0: Uh, Jeremy Ford said, Tortorella, Tortorella also. Mm, Tortorella is not for Tortorella. this team. I not for the veteran
1: team. Well. I'll tell you what, though. You'd see, though, that lazy-ass Josh Bailey. He'd play much better than he does now.
0: I don't like Tortorella. I never I have. I never have. Maybe it's because of his time and stint with the Rangers. He's a guy who always has such a freaking short shelf life where he's good coach for maybe two, three seasons, and the team tunes him out and says, I want gone. I want this son of SOB gone. It only works when they're winning games. It only works when they're competing for cups. And if they fall off or they slip a little bit, people say, get this SOB out of the room. Okay. I don't like Tortorella for that reason.
1: How many years has Barry Tross been here?
0: Four seasons. Okay. This is his fourth year.
1: Okay, and we're talking about moving on from him. You want to know who the longest-tenured coach in the NHL is right now? Who's that? John Cooper, 10 years in Tampa. And he was on the verge of getting fired three years ago, right? Because he hadn't won. So three years, if I can get three good years out of Tortorella and move on, I'm willing to do that. It's not like the olden days where you see Punch Imlak coaching the Toronto Maple Leafs for 15, 20 years, or <laughs> Toe Blake, or Al Arbor for that matter. Uh, you know, coaching the team for like 15, 20 years. It just doesn't happen anymore. So if you can get if you can get a guy to produce for your team for three or four years and then, you know, move on, that's what you do.
0: If you feel confident in Lane Lambert, you even roll the dice on him. He's, he's known to want to take the next step to an NHL coaching job. He interviewed for the job for the Anaheim Ducks. Was it last year or two seasons ago?
1: Two seasons ago. He didn't even get a sniff this offseason. Why not? I mean, I, like I said, I don't know. But some guys don't interview well. I'm not saying that he hasn't. I don't know. But you would think that he would get a little bit more uh, look than he has already gotten, just one
0: team. Yep. I tell you. So I, I feel like he, you know, you'd know you even ask Lambert. I see.
1: have a scenario. I have a th- I think I know what it is. Like Barry has been known to suck the offensive ability out of players. He's also able to suck the coaching uh, resumes off of guys on his staff.
0: That's not it. Get the hell out of here. Todd Reardon did a fantastic job. and Oh, wait a second. Oops. I guess he didn't grump.
1: No. He's a talent killer, that Barry trots. Oh. He's like a, in the Harry Potter novels. He's a dementor. Oh,
0: stop. I don't watch any. He's Harry a
1: dementor. Potter. He sucks the life, the soul right out of you. Oh, come on, grumpy.
0: Hey, you're live here with TJ and a grumpy old man. Who do we have calling in?
3: Brandon, what's up, guys?
0: What's up, Brandon Fry? How are you?
3: Good. Um, I just wanted to call in and um, basically two things. One, I'm concerned about when we do get going again. Um, we're we're gonna be nonstop, one game after another. Uh, I'm concerned that we we're gonna run out of gas either before the playoff and not make the playoffs or even if we if we do make it through this stretch and find a way into a playoff spot that um we won't have enough stamina to go on a long playoff run after because i don't think we're gonna have more than two days off once the rest of the way based off all the games we're gonna have to reschedule
0: gotcha and what's what's the other question brandon
3: Oh, and the other one is, what do you guys think of um, – I know it probably won't happen, but um, if the Islanders miss the playoffs, with Barry his contract up, what would you think about maybe letting him go and naming Lane Lambert the head coach? With him being younger, maybe he can keep the goalie coaches and all um, intact
0: um i don't think and i'll I'll let you i'll let you touch on that first here grumpy regarding the schedule and thanks brandon for for calling in we're going to get to it because those are those are some in-depth pieces of discussion because i think you know we'll we'll dive into it deep both of the scheduling you know is that going to hurt us with a you know an, an older team even if we're able to catch some momentum and wind you know are we going to see the sales die out towards the end of the year and you know if you know after Barry's contract expires here what what are you know what are the routes going forward thanks for calling him, uh Brandon we're gonna go ahead and get to those those topics thank
1: you
2: have a good night thank, thank you. you Brandon okay
1: uh, suppose you know we mentioned the schedule our schedule is hella tough at the end
0: Nature's I mean, hella pissed what you don't uh, it's never mind go ahead continue.
1: it's bad it's a really really tough schedule at the <laughs> end right
0: and you and play devil's advocate with the schedule, right? You could say a lot of those teams, the last six, six out of the last seven games are all going to be teams in the playoffs. You could say maybe they've cemented their spot in. Maybe they're going to be, you know, looking a little bit ahead to the playoffs and maybe we can catch those teams.
1: But they're playing for, pl- for seeding at that point. I mean, uh, you, they're the not Islanders gonna,
0: gave up on the seeding last year. It's not something most teams do, but the Islanders did give up on seeding and said, Hey, we're going to kind of, you know, take our foot off the pedal for a bit. And we're going to yeah, just, okay. I'm going to tell
1: you That's what, they're not, they're not going to, if you can have a chance for the first seed, you're going for it. If you have a chance for the second seed, you're going for it. This year is a little bit different. You were just playing interconference last year. So it was a little bit different this year. Okay. So for me, uh, that schedule is really, really tough down the stretch. I wouldn't count on us winning many of those games. It,
0: it equates to about a game every other day. I think we get a few days where we have two days of break, but there are no three or four day breaks. I'll pull up the schedule to confirm, but we're gonna have what's the equivalent, grumpy old man, to about a game every other day from the time period when we start on the 10th until current. So that's that's kind of how that looks.
1: Yeah, everybody else is in the same boat, pretty much. I mean, I know they I know with this last. 12-day break, but we were just about even with everybody before this last break that we've had. So, I mean, it just is what it is. My concern is always with an older team, as we've shown the last couple of years, we kind of slow down at the end because we kind of run out of gas, not just because they're older. It's because the style that we play, which is a physical brand of hockey, and we didn't even have to play full years the last two years. Now you're going to be playing the full 82 with a really condensed schedule down the stretch, I just, Like I said, I just don't think we're making the playoffs, but for me, is Barry going to do some creative lineups then to rest some of the veterans, to rest some of the guys, to play some of the younger players the majority of the time because they have more spring in their legs? We're going to find out pretty soon here.
0: Just 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 looking at the schedule right in February right now, there's that time period from the second until the 23rd. That's kind of left vacant at the moment because that was penciled in for the Olympics. I'm sure that, you know, when the schedule kind of gets and when it gets updated here, I'm sure there's going to be more games filled in through that time period. Now, the only time after. February the twenty third, we have more than uh, more than a two day break. Is in April tenth to the thirteenth. Other than that, the max we have is two days off. So you're you're going to get a lot of gains within a short time period for certain grump. Um, yeah, and definitely. what we're going to do, and with the age veterans, that's going to hurt. We do have a caller on the line, grump, and we're going to touch on Lane Lambert and talking about that here as soon as we get this in here. So okay, so give me one sec as I link that in. I think it's Paul F. Hey, oh. Let me, Oh, man, my, could, my phone's messing up. I apologize, Grump.
1: Ugh. Okay, well, I'll talk about Lane Lambert while you get that straightened up. One thing that I had not considered, and actually was a really good point by Brandon, would be uh, if Mitch Corn and Pierre Greco leave uh, or if they stay if Lane Lambert's here. I hadn't even considered that, honestly. Um,
0: we'll talk about it. And then Paul, Grumpy Old Man, Paul's on the line. Hey, Paul, how are you?
1: Paul has a very rhythmic speech patterns.
0: Yes, for certain he does. Oh man, I'll tell you. Um hey, Paul, you're on the line. How are you this this evening?
2: Hey, hey, TJ, hey Grump, how are y'all doing tonight?
0: Not too bad, Paul. How about yourself?
2: Uh I think we I think it's time to embrace the apathy, guys. Embrace <laughs> the apathy. It's time to expect this team is not gonna make a playoff. I want all the listeners, please. It's time to accept this team crap. We have to sell. And number two, we have to sell. And number three, we have to put Barry Trotz's head on a freaking pike. We we should we should go what Vancouver did. We should all be chanting fire Trotz. I am like I told y'all before. I'm going to the Stars game in April. I am really going to going to get in as early as possible. Barry Trot, I will yell constantly and troll that armadillo as hard as I can. Play the youth. Why do you like masturbating the char? Why do you like constantly doing these crazy things with old men? And why will you not play the youth? And I'm going to trash Josh Bailey. I'm going to see if I can. I'm going to trash Green. I'm going to tell the char to, to retire. I'm going to go jump on the ice and break oh. his legs with a pipe.
0: Oh, come, <laughs> on, come <laughs> on. Come on.
2: Come on. <laughs> That's what he deserves. I I'm the frustrated that I understand so I'm not trying to bum rush the ice and try and break Char's life because he refuses to retire. We're not no, he it's not, it's speak.
0: not that it's not that bad. Girl, I'll let your spawn. I know Grumpy, oh my this, God, is, this is
2: is. He's a statue. He's a statue. He does nothing. The man does nothing. He he will not refuse to believe. He can't can still skate. He I can skate faster than him. I don't know how to skate. <laughs>
0: Go on, go. I'll, let you, I'll,
2: let
0: I'll let you respond, Grumpy. I,
1: I don't think there's anything wrong with what he said, honestly.
0: Oh, come on, come on. I,
1: it's, here's, here's, Thank here's, you,
2: Grumpy. The only a,
1: thing, I just want to know, what would you do to Anders Lee?
2: Anders Lee, okay. I would have a nice long chasm because he's a very nice person, and I think he'll realize when he needs to retire and say, Anders, you should ask for your contract to be terminated and to renegotiate to a proper level. That's why I asked Andrews Lee to do. No, he's yeah, not to re, 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 restructure his contract and, and negotiate to where it's proper, I think he'll realize yes, I was, should have been asked for less money because I knew I am worth less money. Uh, I think he would actually be a good human being and do it. No, I, man, I Paul. In his, I believe in his humanity better than Zayo who re, still believes he can play in the AHL when he should be retiring. <laughs> I don't care about Chelios' record, but dude needs, someone needs to break his legs and tell him it's time to retire. Get the pipes,
0: guys. Trying to retire that old ass check. Oh, thanks for, thanks for the call in, Paul. We appreciate it. Um, Paul, thanks man, guys, he's, have a
2: good one. Th- hey, thanks, Paul.
0: Paul. Is bringing the fire tonight. My goodness gracious, okay.
1: honestly, I didn't know what he said. That was, ro- I, I mean, I
0: Yeah, you're not gonna be breaking people's legs out there. i know he's being hyperbolic. I wish Paul just serious.
1: would have said instead of saying about the pipe, all he said, all he should have said was, I'd like to see Zedano Char get galoo that's all he had to say. And uh, I think it would have been a little bit sharper with that. But other than that, I don't have much disagreement uh with God. what he said. I'm not saying we should go after dano Char, of course. Um, but I, and it's more like embrace the suck is what we should do. Just it's time to move on from this group of players. You've gone as far as you can with them. It's time to just let's do a retool a little bit.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Paul to do to do one thing, Paul. I've got I've got something for you, man. I want us to wait. Until next Saturday to see if we're continuing to play the young guys. Here's the thing. If we roll out the old players and act as if the performances from Kiefer Bellows, the performances from Noah Dobson, the performances for Robin Sallows, the performances we've seen for Oliver Wallstrom, if that's all for naught and we're just going to roll out the same aged veterans in the same lineup we saw on opening night, I will say embrace the suck. Season's over for certain. Uh, You know That's time to embrace the suck. Certain it is. If we have the younger guys in, I you know, I'd say they perform better than the older veterans at this point. I'm not saying embrace the suck at that point. I'm saying terrific. Look what we have to look forward to. We might not make the playoffs, but we have young pieces around. Don't necessarily embrace the suck. This team still has another breath of wind
1: in it. Uh, Okay, Uh, yeah, I guess maybe embrace the youth. That's what I'm saying.
0: Embrace the youth, and I think embrace the suck if we are gonna roll out the vets. Night in and night out, who Had have different. not performed. There's certain veterans that have not performed. Josh Bailey, i.e., Kyle Palmieri, i.e., uh, 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 Zach uh, Zach Parise. If we continue to roll those guys out, and despite performance, that is when I say embrace the suck.
1: Actually, I think we've been embracing the suck by playing those guys every game.
0: That's how we're tanking. And 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 I know that he's just joking around. He's being hyperbolic. Paul is not actually going to be. Okay, okay,
1: first of all, you don't have to make excuses for Paul. He spoke his point. He said what he wanted to say. You don't have to try to clarify things.
0: Okay, fair enough, Grumpy. Uh, Tiny B said, uh, Kiefer Bellos is under team control. Different uh, when you have an unrestricted free agent status. And then Drew also said, uh, maybe, oh, let me let me get back to the Lane Lambert conversation, Grump. I'm sorry, before we get sidetracked there from uh, from Brandon Fry's point. Um, he did say, when when, uh, when Trotz's uh, contract is up, do you think Lane Lambert, number one, is is a suitable replacement for Trotz? And do you think that Pierre, Cor- or Pierre, Pierre Greco and Mitch Korn would be willing to stay with Lane Lambert if he does say, yes, I'm going to be the new head coach of the Islanders? Would they stay?
1: I think that they're probably more loyal to Trotz than they are to Lambert.
0: Yes. I don't know I don't know where the loyalty lies or how long Lambert has been with Barry. I'll have to look up how long Lambert has been with Barry Trotz. But remember, he brought Pierre, Pierre Greco and Mitch Korn from Washington to the Islanders as well. Here's,
1: here's one thing, though. These owners have deep pockets, and I think while they're loyal to Barry Trotz, maybe they'd be more loyal to uh, George Washington. Or Andrew Jackson, or Benjamin Franklin, or Ulysses S. Grant, or James Madison. <laughs> Just um, saying.
0: Yeah, I, I tell you,
1: I, tell I you, give him the money. talks. Yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with that. You know, offer him more to, to stay. I mean, you you can you know everybody's got a price for the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. So everybody's got a price. I'm trying Get to pull those brats that. out of the pool. I thought so. Get those brats out of the pool. Good Ted, Ted DiBiase was great. The million dollar man character was spectacular back in the day.
0: He was, think about it. Lane Lambert was with Barry Trotz during that Stanley cup run and win with the Washington Capitals. So he's got, I mean, he, you talk about the relationship he's had probably with, with Pierre Greco and Mitch Corn. It's more than five plus years.
1: Yeah, it's it's gonna. They go with like I said, you'll have to overpay to keep them. Otherwise, I think they'd leave with Trotz when Trotz gets another job, and he would get another job because like as much as I beg on Barry Trotz, and he is what he is, he's still a good damn good coach, and he's going to get another job.
0: He's he's a fantastic coach. Yeah, fantastic coach. Again, top ten coach in the league, but sometimes you know stylistically you may have to shake things up a bit. That's we just need to
1: change sometimes. That's why I'm saying you know. John Tortorella, okay, you know, you say, well, he'd only lasts three or four years. How long do coaches last now?
0: So to give you a little bit of a a uh, a little bit of a, a piece of uh, information on Lane Lambert, Lane Lambert was, he originally joined the Nashville Predators in the 07, 2007. So he's been with Barry Trotz. He was with him in Nashville from 2007 to 2011. When Trotz left Nashville, he went to the Washington Capitals with Trotz, was there for his entire tenure with the Capitals, um, and then uh, with the Islanders here. So
1: Well, that's fine. But, you know, if he's offered a head coaching gig, you think he'd be loyal to Trotz? I don't think so. If he wants to be a head coach and you're offered the job and you say no, well, guess what, bro? You're never getting a head coaching job.
0: I'm sorry. So he actually coached at the AHL affiliate level until the 2011 season. Once 2011, he's been with trots. So he knows Pierre Pierre Corn and or Pierre uh, Pierre Greco, Greco and Mitch Corn uh, very well, right? You're talking about 10 plus years of uh of uh, you know relationship with them. So I might, you know, the money I think could maybe be the deterrent where if it was a brand new coach I'm not sure, you know, the money would play as much of a role as it. I mean, they know they know Lane Lambert very well. So you have to feel like they've got some sort of comfortability with him the same way they did with trots. Maybe not to the extent, but they still do have comfortability factor that yes, you know, we know what we know what Lane Lambert's about. I wouldn't be opposed to something like that. Again, I I liked what I saw a little bit more of a jump. I mean, we only saw a two game sample size with lane lambert and that's one of those things guys we he's a fiery coach at least from what we watch you know when you watch on the bench he is more of an energy and passion coach than barry trotz is not saying it's a good thing not saying it's a bad thing it's a good thing i think sometimes it could be good things sometimes it could be a bad thing because yeah. when you have a when you have a coach that could be a little bit of a hothead and i'll use that term very very uh you know probably not the best term to use but if you have a coach that could be very emotional Sometimes it actually negatively impacts the team. Sometimes it definitely positive, and sometimes it's positive. Sometimes it could be negative. Okay. But again, he's got a lot of a lot of experience. Been to those cups. Won the cup there with Trots. He's an experience. He's an experienced coach. He's ready for the next step. I will tell you that much. Well, uh, L. said, uh, "You think that maybe Barry is keeping the young guys' minutes limited so Lou doesn't have to pay them the bag, pay him a bag."
1: No, no,
0: nope. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, and JG says here, I don't think that this team would respond to a guy like Tortorella.
1: Well, you know what? The country club atmosphere where everybody has a spot has to change. Hmm. Gotcha. I mean, best players should play. That's not the case here. There is no competition for spots. Never has been since, um, since uh, trots has been here never
0: Nash bailey said hey there's competition for spots
1: now that's I'm what he's sure he's not maybe he's not as smart as they keep saying he is
0: tommy b says varlamov is worth a worth a first round pick most first first round picks don't actually make it to the nhl till they're 21 or 22 years old
1: that's fine i don't care mm-hmm. i want as many as i can get
0: anthony duclair yep thanks for that Drewell. and then uh frank k said edmonton is the perfect fit for varlamov Hmm. I was about to say, I think if you're a goalie and you go to Edmonton, you say, holy shit.
1: He'll get exposed there.
0: I'm going to say, it's very easy to get exposed in Edmonton. They're going to be giving up a lot of chances, and you've got to be a fantastic netminder. I mean, you wonder what Vasilevsky or Shostakovich's numbers would look like in Edmonton. I'm not saying they'd be uh, you know, deplorable, but they definitely wouldn't be as good as they are currently.
1: Yeah, you'd have to stop a lot of breakaways, a lot of odd man chances. They're not a great team defensively. They're not. That's, that's where Varlamov benefits, just like Robin Leonard and Thomas Grice before him, all benefited from playing in this system.
0: Michael T saying he does the C, Varlamov bringing in the first rounder, let alone something else. Okay, fair enough. We would see. I, I don't think they're going to move Varlamov, but if they do and they're sellers at the deadline, I think he's going to get a, a, you know, a pleasant return for us. Drew L says, yeah, people didn't like Duclair because I think uh, from what I heard from Tortorella said that he he may have had an attitude problem, yet you hear none of this while he's in Florida.
1: That's uh that's uh Joel Quinville for you. Joel Quinville, Joel Quinville is the best coach in the NA best coach not in the NHL and earlier this year he was the best coach in the NHL. He's the best coach in the league.
0: Who the hell and uh one of the one of the Sutter brothers. Grump, who the hell was it Daryl Sutter. Darryl Sutter's Darryl really
1: Sutter is really good, too.
0: I I know Daryl Sutter likes to be on the West Coast and he's old and up there now. He hasn't taken a job. Daryl Sutter used to be ooh, Sheff- well, he's with
1: Calgary now.
0: Oh, he's with Calgary. Yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot. Yeah, he's. Um, what's I got to look up? What Calgary's record is? Daryl's really good. He's
1: he's turning them around this year. Done a really good job. He's a good coach. He's a defense first guy too, but they don't abandon the offense like they do here. I mean, you know, I mean Jacob Markstrom has looked great in goal for them this year. They lost Giordano, no loss there. Uh, they're playing extremely well, Calgary. Currently,
0: thirty-three games played, forty points on the season for Calgary, sitting in third in their division. But they do have three games in hand over the Anaheim Ducks and four games in hand over the uh, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. So again, a team that is looking like they're definitely in the playoff picture. That's that's for certain. The Ana. Let's talk a little second about the Anaheim Ducks. Man, oh man, the Ducks have performed this year, Grump.
1: Yep. Amazing what happens when you move a bunch of veterans out and you just start playing younger players. Amazing.
0: Yeah, I tell you. And I mean, that you got some you got some reason to be excited if you're a Ducks fan, that's for certain. Um that being said, it's not Ducks podcast. Um but uh uh Scott Hill said not everyone just Lou Overpays. Ah, uh, there you go, Scott. Exactly right. I think he's a top goalie too, Tommy B. I think he again, I think the his value in the league is out of a top goalie. That's all. Um Matthew S. said, "Um if they think they have a goaltending problem but still think that they can make the playoffs," Uh, then uh, they will make the trade for first-round pick
1: Edmonton cough cough.
0: And then what what did uh, what did Tyler Toffoli T- T- go for?
1: Um, when, how many long ago was he traded? Was it two years ago? I don't think it was last year, was it? And I think it was I think it was a first-round pick. But I don't think What's much kind of more. Was. Foley
0: was traded for nickels, if I remember correctly, right? I I don't remember. He was traded for pennies.
1: Okay. Um,
0: Tyler Toffoli was traded. Um, for a second round pick in the 2020 NHL draft and the rights for Tim Shaler and Tyler Madden. Because I remember when that trade happened, I'm like, why the hell were we not pounding on the door for Tyler Toffoli?
1: That's what I'm saying. I mean, not everyone gets traded for a King's ransom. But Lou Lamarillo would give up anything for the guys he wants. He'd care less. He's just about 80 years old. What the hell? I ain't going to be around when uh, the chickens come home to roost, Bobby Boucher
0: oh man oh man and again even on that Montreal team he's still relatively he's 29 years old I mean he's getting up there in age but I mean 17 points on that miserable Montreal team should tell you something I mean even you know again bad teams have players that score but still um George P said my god this uh this is unlistenable Trotz continues to play underperforming veterans we have no cap we need uh, more than one player to fix our current situation a project player is a waste of time
1: I don't, I don't know. know they, maybe you're
0: talk, talking about what I would ask for as a price for, for Varlamov.
1: Oh, you think, well, maybe it was Chitrin, Chitrin.
0: No, it was, it was Varlamov grump. They, they, cause remember I wanted a project player, a project player and a first round pick. But, uh, Michael T said, you gotta help. You gotta help for, Var, for Barzal for the love, uh, for love of, of all that's holy already. You gotta get help for Matt Barzal.
1: You gotta get him signed first.
0: Uh, JG says, "What do you guys think about the Sharks waving Evander Kane?" I'm gonna leave that to you, Grump, and I'll be right back.
1: Yeah, um, we knew that was coming. He was never after everything that the league went on with with COVID, and he went in uh, on this over uh, off season with the uh, you know the illegal vaccination card, the gambling thing, the ex wife slash girlfriend. I don't know what. Everyone knew that he was going to get released sooner or later. Uh, he's 30 years old, his career is over. I don't see anyone taking a shot on him, not in the NHL. The NHL is not uh, the NFL or, um, or the NBA. It's just not going to happen. If a guy's a problem, they just write him off. And I don't think his talent level, honestly, is commensurate with giving him another chance. Uh, you'd have to be desperate to sign a Vander Kane. His numbers were down anyway. He's never been a good team guy, no matter where he's been, either Winnipeg or Buffalo or San Jose. And the biggest condemnation of him this offseason was that no one, not one of his San Jose teammates stuck up for him, not a one. They did not want him on the team. That's the biggest concern if you're Evander uh, Kane. It's like nobody on my team wants me. How marketable could you be? If you go to another general manager and says, yeah, I want to play there. He said, well, what happened in San Jose? Oh, nothing. I was loved there, blah, blah, blah. You can't even say that. They all wanted him gone.
0: So I will say this about Evander Kane. Um, but you say the talent's kind of falling off a bit. You look at production. He is 30 years old. He has a laundry list. And I say laundry list. I mean a laundry list of issues. He's been a problem quote-unquote, everywhere he's been. They said that maybe he fixed things in San Jose originally when he moved there, and that's why he signed that big contract. Yeah, not so much. Um, I do want to show you, you said his stats were not good as of recent, Gromp. I will just show you the stats here of Evander King, because remember, he was with the AHL affiliate this year. They immediately sent him down. You're talking about a guy, even last season, 2020-2021, 56 games played, 49 points, minus one. Talking about he was in the AHL this season, five games played, two goals, six assists, eight points, plus three. The guy still can play, I, I would say, but I mean if he's on the cheap, if you feel the Islanders, let's let's be honest here. The Islanders would never bring in a guy like Evander King.
1: No one's gonna bring him in. No one's gonna bring him in.
0: What makes you say that?
1: Because it's the NHL, it's not, it's not the NFL, not the NBA, just not gonna happen. His talent is not commiserate with giving him another chance. His teammates didn't want him there. When your teammates are vocal, saying they want you gone, what GM is going to take that headache on?
0: What's wrong with a one-year contract? A one-year prove a deal, if not, you just cut his
1: ass? Because GMs talk to one another. That's why.
0: No, I'm just saying. What's, what He's was, a
1: bad guy. You, you don't want him in your organization.
0: I'm saying he's definitely a bad apple. It's what it seems to be. There you go. But uh, a talent there. Maybe this was, I'd like to think, here's it. I always am in the camp that eventually one day people wake up and they say, holy crap, what's happened? And they come in and they say, all right, I've done, I'm contrite for the mistakes I've made. And for him being out of the NA, it's going to take a while for it to like kick in for him. But I feel like it it does kick in even for athletes that make mistakes and they don't quite grasp the situation they're in when they're out of the league and they're not receiving any phone calls and they're just sitting on the couch and saying, Holy crap, what can I do to get back in it? You're going to see sometimes mentalities change. There has to be that rock bottom point. Has Vander Kane hit rock bottom after being waived by the San Jose Sharks? I'm not sure if he has. I think it's worth taking a one-year, a one-year flyer on a guy like that. He puts up points. I'm not saying he's going to pan out, and if he doesn't, you could just get rid of him as easy as a wash of the hands. Say, hey, we're going to give you a one-year prove-a deal. Can okay. you go ahead and show that you can keep your nose clean? It's a one-year league vet minimum. If not, I'm just cutting your ass, or I'm burying you in the A, and we're going to waive you, and we'll take a, we'll take a little 750 K fine, or we'll take a seven hundred fifty K cap hit. And you're just going to be gone. If, you know, day one, half, or even a PTO next season. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with a PTO to see. Hey, if he really has changed it, do you think you know your coach feels comfortable with the change? If not, just say goodbye.
1: I think I think he's done.
0: You don't even think he'll get a PTO?
1: No, he's a, a bad part. teammate. Like Antonio Brown is never playing the NFL again. This is the third spot that he's had that he's had problems with. Third time,
0: fourth. Oh, you're talking about for Evander Kane. For Vander
1: Kane. This is the third stop that he shot his way out of town, and none of his teammates like him. It is what it is. I mean, I don't think he's getting another shot.
0: The talent's I, there, but the, the locker room issues and baggage seem to also accompany it. If you could get rid of the baggage and locker room issues, I think it's worth it, but I, I'm just not sure it could happen.
1: It, well, it's not happening this year.
0: Got your grumpy old man. Jeremy F. said, uh, what uh, I wanted to know about Varlamov move is if they're going to be able to do with a $5 million cap space gain. Do you put it towards a left defenseman or a top-line winger?
1: Well, you're not going to be able to do anything. If you trade him at the trade deadline, you're not going to be able to get anything for him. we are talking about
0: in the offseason. Do you use it for a guy like Wolfsburg or do you use it for a left? You would use in the offseason a left-handed defenseman?
1: Here's the thing. I don't think there's any left-handed defenseman out there worth spending a whole lot of money. I think that's a bigger issue, is a veteran left-handed defenseman if you're going to lose Chara and Green. I don't think Salo's ready to step up into a top-four spot. Um, But, you know, I don't know. I I, I don't think Lindholm is that great. Or uh, Klingman is one of those guys who's going to be like 30 years old. I'm not throwing money at guys like that. I just refuse to. So,
0: Do you uh, think the Islanders are going to be heavy on Philip Forsberg this offseason? The guy's got 26 games played, games played, 18 goals, 11 assists, 29 points, and a plus two. Given he'll never produce a point-per-game average with the Islanders, but he would be a desperate need for a top-line winger to provide for Matt Barzal. Could you imagine a Philip Forsberg on the left-hand side, Matt Barzal centering that line with Oliver Wallstrom on the right-hand side next year? Could you imagine how deadly that line would be?
1: Who are you going to move out out of all your veterans who have long-term contracts? That's what people keep forgetting. You have veterans with long-term deals all in your top six. What are you going to do with them? You have to move someone else out. That's why I said you can't sign everybody long-term deals because now you can't do anything unless you move someone. And those contracts make it really tough to move players. Who's the most movable player who signed to a long-term deal for the Islanders? Anthony Bavillier, right? Because he's a young guy. Is Josh Bailey movable? Is Kyle Palmieri?
0: You would Is have Anthony... to give. You'd have to give up something to move Josh Bailey, right? Josh Bailey still after this year has two years left on his contract.
1: Ugh, gosh, it just—it's just the, the nightmare that just keeps occurring every single year and every single night.
0: I'm just saying we're going to have cap space this offseason. We're going to have projected cap space of around what, like fourteen million. 15 million of projected cap space this offseason. And the guys that we would have to re sign are Noah Dobson, Robin Sallow. We would let Chara and Andy Green go. We would have to, we're, I assume we're going to let uh, Zach Parise go. So we'd have to re sign Noah Dobson, Robin Sallow, Kiefer Bellows. And I assume we're letting Ke- uh, uh, Kyle Clutterbuck walk. Uh,
1: okay. I just, like I said, This team is just so poorly constructed. You have to break it down before you can build it back up. I don't care about bottom six guys. I'm talking about your top six guys. Anders Lee has, what, five years left on his deal? Four years for uh, Brock?
0: After this year, four years left
1: on this deal. Okay, so four more years. Three years for Brock Nelson. Three more years for Kyle Palmieri. I mean, uh, Josh Bailey has two more years. You got to have to move some of those guys out to bring in guys who are top six types. You have to lose some guys off of there. Hmm. I mean, you're not going to see Andrews Lee playing on the third line then when his play slips. I mean, I, that's why you don't give guys in their 30s long-term deals. They never wind up performing up to the specifications, and then you're stuck with them. i try moving some of those guys now. I'd sell it as we're rebuilding, fellas. We want to send you to contender. That's how okay. i sell it.
0: Jeremy F. saying, yes, that's me on the 18th hole at the old course in St. Andrews.
1: Very nice. Good for you.
0: Where are my Islanders' hat, of course?
1: I'll tell you what, they wouldn't even let me on that course. They say, get out of here. We have enough greenskeepers. Enough <laughs> guys who mow the lawns.
0: <laughs> um, and then Frank K. Palmeri shouldn't crack the lineup until Bellows looks like crap. He sucks. Uh, uh,
1: Bellows should not miss a game the rest of the year. He should play every game the rest of the year. Even if he does look crappy, I don't care. We just will talk to you, but you're going to get your regular shift. You're going to get your regular minutes. Play yourself through it. That's what they should do.
0: Say it again one more time, Grum.
1: If Bellows starts having a little bit of stretch where he's not playing well, I don't bench him. I talk to him. I say, hey, you're going to play every night. Get yourself out of this funk because we believe in you and we want you to be one of our top six guys going forward. See what that does for his confidence. Don't I don't want to see what he's done in the past with him, which is if he makes one mistake in a game, he gets ripped in the press and then benched for the rest of the year. That that's when you got guys who are afraid to play their game. Everyone's not going to have a great game every night.
0: Uh, Frank K saying Boston would love to have Kyle Palmieri. Move him. I don't. I think he's. Uh, Well, who knows? Um, Michael T said this team is not going to go eight and two in their next ten games. Sorry to burst your bubble, but there's no freaking way. We have a very, very. You look at the schedule. We have a lot of very winnable games against uh, the lower tier teams in the NHL, and they're all at home. The next ten games are all at home.
1: I think. Said if we didn't go eight and two or seven and three at the worst. There's no shot of us making it
0: That's what I said. I said, if we don't come away, I mean, 14 points on this stretch of the next 10 games is looked at as a, okay, we didn't do a great job. We need to do better. Eight and two is looked at as a successful homestand over this next stretch. When you look at the teams we play, anything less than seven and three and it has been unacceptable. It's It's the season's done. You look at it. I mean, you've got to come in with a lot of points over these home games. There are a lot of winnable teams you're playing against. Seriously, an eight, eight or nine wins is hey, that's a real success. Or ten. <laughs> I wouldn't mind all 10, but I mean that would be that would be a 12-game uh, winning streak we would be on. So
1: I feel that we keep saying this, that we need to go at least seven and three in 10 game stretches, and we don't do it, and we just push it to the next 10-game stretch.
0: There's there's no pushing it after this stretch. Six and four seasons over.
1: Well, there was no pushing it in the last time we said it, and somehow we're pushing it to this next ten games.
0: Okay, you no, know, no. Remember what I said. If we won a few games and we came in with points over that last stretch, we okay, we've been on it we won the last two games and lost in overtime, I think three games or three games ago. So we come away with five out of the last six points. I, I gotta look that back up. It's been so long since we played. Um, but I'm just saying you gotta come in with sixteen points. I mean fourteen bare minimum. Anything less than seven and four or seven and three uh season is is all she wrote. That's,
1: That's all. I'm going to ask it the question again to everyone out there: Is just squeaking into the playoffs and getting blown out in the first round? Would you consider that a success?
0: I, I will. Think. I will say this: I thought we just squeaked in the playoffs last year and two years ago. We, you know, we just squeaked in the playoffs. We're not winning division anytime soon. We haven't done it since Trotz has been here. But every time we make the playoffs, we're winning at least a round or two. We're making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I thought last year, the way our team was playing around the playoff time period, we were freaking done. We were losing games ad nauseum. We weren't playing good hockey. It looked like the team was unmotivated, gassed even during a shortened season. And they get to the playoffs, and albeit they played against teams with goalies, one that had a torn hip labrum that needed surgery that he didn't recover from until January 22nd of this year here. We're talking about Tuka Rask and Tristan Jari, who just shit the bed and could not make a save high-glove side to save his life. He was blind. Yes.
1: They played a blind goalie in the first round and they played a guy with one hip.
0: Yeah, so that's what I'm saying here, Grump. I know we kept pushing it off, but over the last 3 games with a possible of 6 points, we came away with 5. All I'm saying here is if you look at it and say if we come away with 16 points out of these next 10 games,
1: we had we did our thing with 10 games and the only game we missed was the Washington game and we there was no way we could have made the point total we said we had to and we pushed it again. We want pushing it again. We played these three games, and now we're saying the next 10-game stretch. So, in essence, we just skipped three games and then went to a next 10-game stretch. Here's the thing. We're not making the playoffs.
0: Okay. And then uh, Mario says here, the problem with the trots counterpoint of the offensive style is that the Islanders are too slow to counterpunch.
1: True. Where We had some guys who could jump into the play a little bit last year. I think that as the players age out, they don't skate as well, and sometimes that half a stride where you can't get back in the defensive zone is the same half a stride that you can't get that jump as a counterattack.
0: Brett W. says, the more I witness Trot's defensive first style, the more I'm shocked with how he coexisted with Ovechkin as long as he did.
1: Uh, Ovechkin, I don't think Ovechkin liked him, myself. I don't think Ovechkin liked him. And I think they just tolerated one another. Ovechkin didn't even buy into the system till the last year.
0: And as soon as he bought in, they won a cup.
1: They won a cup. And then that was that.
0: Ovechkin's doing pretty shitty this season, Grumpy. Remember we asked, "Hey, when is Ovechkin going to fall off?" He has fallen off the map this year, Grumpy. 35 games, only 50 points and 24 goals. He's only leading the He's only one of the top 3 point producers in the NHL at this point. You know, we ask the question every single season, "When are we going to start to see some of these vets that are up there in age?" When is a 36-year-old Alexander Ovechkin going to show signs of age? Well, sure shit isn't
1: this year. Um the problem That's, with when I, see, when I see stuff like
0: that, Grumpy, it's nuts. 36 years old, 50 point production, 50, 50 points already through 30, 35 games this year. It's nuts.
1: Supremely talented players who take care of themselves are able to play longer than normal players. It's just because of their skill level. And Washington, when Trots and Ovechkin were there together, they just couldn't beat Pittsburgh. That was their bugaboo team, was Pittsburgh.
0: The last two seasons. Ovechkin, again, There were shortened seasons, but he didn't even average a point a game. I say it like that. He didn't even average a point a game, but he didn't average a point a game, right? Two years ago or last season, he had, you know, 45 games played, uh, 42 points. And then two years ago, which was the COVID year, he had 68 games played, 67 points, but did lead the NHL in goals scored.
1: So he was really close to a point a game player. He
0: was close to a point a game. He is 15. Po- he's got 15. I mean, like Grumpy, he's averaging like 1.5, 1.5, 1.4 points a game right now.
1: Well, he's having a response this year. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe he's more familiar with Laviolette's system this year. Maybe he's got a little bit more freedom. I mean, I don't watch enough Washington games to tell you, to be honest with you. But I always felt that Laviolette, I thought Reardon was a terrible coach and cost Washington. But I think Laviolette is an excellent coach. And after last year's, you know, learning curve year, whatever, they've really stepped up this year.
0: I'm just talking about point production wise and goals scored. The two years that uh, Riordan was there, Alexander Ovechkin led the NHL. He won the 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 Maurice Rocket Richard Award, most goals scored in the NHL. That's not, you know, it's not all about personal awards and accolades. I'm just saying he does seem a little bit more comfortable. And man, that guy's he leads the NHL in plus minus right now. Alexander, I'm sorry, no, even strength goals. I
1: apologize. Well, one thing he does is score goals. You need score to win.
0: Absolutely. Jeremy Ford talking about project players says Tony D'Angelo. And this is what I mean. This is why you can't just dismiss project players. Sometimes they pan out. Sometimes they don't. I'm willing to take a gamble on a guy like that. Tony D'Angelo, he's got 24 points so far in 26 games with the Hurricanes. You know, would you have tried to pick him up uh, with the strength of this team in the dressing room? Or would you have just said no way? Uh, I, mean,
1: I'm just, uh, I mean, here's the thing. What's the strength of the locker room in, in Carolina? Maybe he just need a change of scenery. Maybe it was the team that he played for. He I had mean, issues. He had issues in the locker room. I mean, yeah. again,
0: we're not going to we're not going to lie. He definitely did have issues yeah. in that Rangers. I'm not going to say they were alleged. There were definitely issues.
1: Yeah, but what I'm saying is maybe some guys just need a change of scenery. And I mean, do I think that Tony D'Angelo is the greatest player ever? No but it seems like he's gone to a team that, uh, that they kind of run things a little bit different down in Carolina, and it's helped rejuvenate his career. Maybe, as you said, TJ, he's a guy who just needed a little bit of a wake-up call, and he's gotten it, and he's performed really, really well for them.
0: And that's and that's my point. Right. And I wonder if Evander Kane would ever hit that wake up call because Tony D'Angelo is talented. There's no doubt about it. He needed the wake up call and maybe the issue and the the poor decisions he made in locker room and a poor word choice that he had and, and what had caused him essentially to leave the Rangers was the wake up call that he needed spending the year in the A and essentially being sent, hey, your career is done here, kid, and he gets his chance and he really runs with it in Carolina. Is that finally the point where Evander Kane's at? Does he finally have that wake-up call? If he does, I'm definitely all over a PTO, but maybe I'm in a minority there. I just think the talent is still there, and if you can get him on a PTO and nobody else is going to sign him to a contract, man, take a chance.
1: I think the gambling thing and the vaccination thing in today's environment, it's just a bridge too far for all these teams.
0: Frank K said Ovechkin basically told them the f off talk
1: talking about Trotz. I don't think they really got along. I know that uh, Ovechkin did give credit, I believe to Trots when they did win the cup. Um, but I don't think they really got along, if you know what I mean. It wasn't until Ovechkin had full buy in that last year that it opened the door for them and they had some things break their way. and you know that's sometimes it's all it takes to win a cup. and I was I was glad when watching it and Ovechkin won that year. I was rooting for them because I like to see great players at the tail tail end uh, of their careers. I'd like to see them go out with a cup win. I really do. And he's been a great player for a long, long time. No denying that.
0: Swerve 951 says, vote for Zach Parise. For NHL All-Star for the Islanders. Yeah. There you go. And then Mario said, uh, what I saw is that some players were considering not going to the AH, the, uh, the All-Star game if selected. Okay, maybe that's what I saw. They would not go because of like, COVID and the COVID environment it was. Well, I saw something about the All-Star game, maybe. Okay, that's maybe what I saw. You
1: might see players say, you know what? Screw that. I'm not going because it's only just a cash cow for the league. They get nothing out of that.
0: Tommy B said, uh, Devontae's was given away for nothing. Um, one of those picks got us Ratu. Well, you could have gotten a higher pick and still picked Ratu there with it. I'm just saying, for well, Ratu fell to us. So we were very fortunate that he did. So you got Ratu, but essentially, if you could have got maybe a first. Okay, Devontae should have gone for two first, bare freaking minimum. You could have traded back and acquired two or three second-round picks and picked Ratu still. I'm just saying it was bad asset management. Um, Nick D said, Hey, Grump, TJ, how are you doing tonight? What's up, Nick D? Um, I think Grumpy said it uh, in the beginning of the season. Uh, it's going to be Barry or Barzal, which I think their contracts end at the same time, um, but I'm not sure.
1: Uh, for me, if Matt Barzal does not sign this, you, have, you need to have frank conversations with both parties here. I don't think Barzal likes playing under Barry's system. Would you, if you're an offensive skill player?
0: Probably not. No. His his contract does not expire until 2022-2023 season. This after is, the after 2023, so this Bar- this next year is his last year. They do expire the same season.
1: Okay, you need to talk to both guys. And like I said, to me, you got to have the first conversation with Barry, and just say this is the direction we want to go. And if he says he's not doesn't want to do it, goodbye. I think that opens a door for Barzell. And then you have to say to Barzell. You're our centerpiece. We're gonna build around you. What do you need? First thing we need from you though is to lock in long term and we'll do whatever you like. He's the one talented player on the whole team.
0: Cedric Wilson Grump, does that name stack? Is that name?
1: He plays for Dallas, took over uh Michael Gallup's place since he got injured with a season ending ACL injury. I don't know if he I guess he's maybe making some plays for Dallas tonight against Philadelphia.
0: Michael T said, can you guys rehash the scenario of how and why we traded Devon to Colorado? I'm really not clear on that. I think I think Michael T's. I think he's being,
1: maybe he should have said sarcasm off because, you know, I think we talked about that.
0: Yep, yep. Nick M saying, if Lamarillo had acquired some scoring punch, the cup would have been there for the taking the last two seasons. This team badly needs a sniper.
1: And you know how I know that? Barry and Lou told us that three years ago, and they've just done nothing to rectify that situation. Get what you get.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Too busy
1: Uh, re-signing guys who are in their 30s to long-term deals just because, you know, they have drinks with the boss. I don't know.
0: Alexander said, hey, guys, you know, I feel that this team may be able to put it together a little bit of a run and sneak into the playoffs, but uh, that to happen, Bavillier needs to step it up. The defense needs to step it up, as well as they could swing a deal together for a sniper. Yeah, the, the star and the moons have to align in, every, in order for everything to happen for the option no, to sneak in. No I
1: way. Think. No way I'm making some type of trade to improve this year's team. No Ooh. freaking way.
0: You would have to, I'm talking about before the trade deadline, you would have had to rattle off a huge point streak or huge win streak. You'd have to have a 17, 18-game point or win streak, something crazy like we had a few years ago, maybe a 24-game point streak you'd have to have in order for you to make any possible thought of doubling down on this team, any thought.
1: We don't play 24 games before the deadline, so that's not happening. I'm not making a deal. Right now on
0: a 13-point streak, do we play 21 games before? Uh, here's the thing. we play played 18 games before. If we're on a 21-game point streak, I could maybe justify it.
1: I'm not throwing good money after bad with this team this year. Not happening.
0: No. David D. said, Brendan Gallagher, anyone? He's 29 years old, a sniper, and he's a perfect fit for our system. No.
1: No. Absolutely not. Too no small. More. Too small. Too old. When's his contract due? I bet sooner than you think. I don't want I, – like I said, I'm not investing anything in this year's team. What has this team showed you to say, yes, we should invest in you? They come out three-quarters dead most of the time when the veterans play. I'm just interested to see what the lineup that Barry rolls out there the next week or so. That's what I want to see. Does he go back to the same old, same old, or does he give the guys who are actually producing and have sparked this little run, does he give them a shot?
0: Also, also worth mentioning, I don't think we've mentioned this off the top. We should have. We've got Andy Francis on the show on Wednesday. And you talked about how long is Brendan Gallagher's contract. Brendan Gallagher still has another five years on his contract. No way. <laughs> I'm sorry. No way. Yep. And the point production hasn't been there this year. And really, I mean, you look at the point production, right? In the 35 games he played last year, had 14 goals and nine assists. He's not even a point-of-game guy. We don't need to add. I mean, for his cap hit, we don't need to add another guy like that. No freaking way. I agree with you, Grump. No way. He's getting paid $6.5 million a bat on average a season.
1: He's better than (laughs) Anders Lee, though.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm not so sure about that,
1: Grump. He's a better player than Anders Lee. Overall, he's a better player than Anders Lee. Uh, Overall, he is. Anders Lee only does one thing. One thing. Fair enough, Grumpy. Fair enough.
0: Um, we're going to keep moving right along, chugging through these comments. Grump.
1: Moving right uh, along.
0: Nicky says, uh, Barzal wants to win a trophy or two. Lou has to get some scoring talent around him. Like Grump said, put 13, Kiefer Bellows, and Oliver Walsh together. Why not? Um, And then you've got a comment here from Thomas B saying, uh, Chikrin uh, would definitely improve the defense. However, Chikrin alone does not get this team to the finals. Therefore, no reason to make this trade. Yep, I agree. Nick D, look at that update, Grumpy. He's got the Grumpy's Groupies. Look at that. Yeah. Look at you. Little Grumpy's Groupies face on there. He says, uh, Bavillier uh, would love playing. He will love playing in Arizona. The weather is better. (laughs) than new york just kidding of
1: course another thing you have to worry about Bavillier it's not like barzell's best friend it they is got, they got rid of his mentor last offseason now you want to get rid of his best friend mm, okay
0: who's his mentor grump
1: jordan eberle right what jordan eberle they were awful tight no
0: he was not okay jordan eberle was not matt barzell's mentor
1: on the ice he was
0: george p said snow shit the bed um David D said, "How about you swap, uh swap Avila and take back three million a bit, ba- or how about you swap Butte? I'm not sure that is, and take back three million of Bailey's contract salary for Brendan Gallagher." No. I'm not sure. I mean, no, but Gallagher's tied to such a long-term deal. I have yeah. no interest in getting a guy. He's going to be. He's he's another guy. He's going to. He's got five years left on his deal. He's 29 years old now. He'll be like what 30 by the start of next season. You're going to be having a guy whose scoring production has decreased the last two seasons for until he's 34 years old and he's five foot nine. Not interested. It's six point five million per. Not interested. Um, no. and then George P said, "Where does all this magical cap space uh, to sign Dobson come from? We've got 14 million in cap space next season." Uh, This offseason, actually. So we've got a few guys to sign back. If you want to make a stab at at Forsberg, sure you sign. You try to piece together a short term deal for Noah Dobson. All I'm saying is in the long run, Dobson is going to be one of those guys. If you wait and you give him a bridge type deal for another three or four years, when you sign him to an extension, he's going to be making nine or 10 million
1: per. Yeah, you want to, you want to get him one.
0: I mean, over the next four years, the cap's going up too. He's going to be probably making 10.5, maybe 11 or 12. Let me correct that because the cap's going to be going up. And the next, if they sign him to a four year extension, let's say that's what they do this offseason, that's going to bring no adoption until he's 25 years old or 20, I'm sorry, 26 years old. I think that brings him an unrestricted free agency.
1: I think it's 27 years old is unrestricted free agency.
0: Or right near where unrestricted free agency is. At 26 years old, no adoption. T- I promise you, he is going to be a consistent 50-point-a-year type guy. 45-to-50-point-a-year type guy. I'm telling you. Who's your coach?
1: Who's your coach? It's not Barry Trotz.
0: I don't know. Um, but, you know. He's gonna be a 40. You can get 50
2: 30, points 60, a year out of 40, 40.
0: 40. Noah Dobson when when he's 24, 25 years old, he's gonna be a, a consistently every year, 40 to 50 points every single season. If they had a more offensive styled system, he'd have 50 plus every year. The guy is that freaking talented.
1: We don't even get that much, much point production out of our forwards. That's,
0: that's how bullish carry trots we don't. I'm telling you, that's how bullish I am on him. And you're gonna be paying, you're gonna be paying hand over fist for Noah Dobson.
1: Well, so, I'm a big believer in signing guys to long-term deals when they're younger as well. This way you get them at a discount price for the prime of their career. And again,
0: that. Noah Dobson, even let's say you take him till he's 36, He he's, he's a big defenseman. He hasn't had any injury issues. He uses the body a bit. Even if you had to sign him to an eight-year extension by the time he was 26 years old, I still think he'll be performing at the age of 34, but not the same amount he'll be performing at 31 or 30 years old. So right. you're going to get diminished returns towards the end. Yeah. Um, and then Tommy B. says, Montreal does not want Bailey. Simple as that. I don't know any teams that want Josh Bailey at this
1: Nobody. point. Nobody. Uh,
0: Jeremy F. said, Dobson is a key to Barzal staying. I was about to say, with Dobson continuing to perform, I think that really helps. It really helps out the team. I think that we've seen it over recent. If we still see the production and the increase from Noah Dobson and the, and the ice time and the opportunity still there, you're going to see the point production from Noah Dobson. And he <laughs> should get those opportunities. He's earned them.
1: The coach might even be more important. Maybe I don't want to play with for Barry Trot system anymore. That's a possibility.
0: Nick D said, in your merch, I wish they offered hats too. I'd be proud to wear a Grumpy's Groupies hat. I wanted to do hats because I like hats too, but they're all embroidered. So we'd have to look for like a different type and the material, like it like a, a stitch version of this Grumpy's Groupie's face was
1: the one thing I we wanted I'm to sold. do was make sure that we put out quality products.
0: And that's what took us so long to get these. Like when you feel this stuff right here, you know, like some of your products, they've kind of got it like on the outside where it's easy to like crumble away and like with the wash. This you could just tell based off of the way it's printed on here. This has got a good solid 100, 200 washes, and you're still able to see what the shirt looks like. I mean, this is the, oh, the merchandise is all I'm going to be wearing on the show every single night. So, I mean, like this is, this is quality merchandise. I got myself some new shirts here, Grump, and I like them. I was about to say, what a film said, P-break, 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 TJ Chant.
1: Yeah, and he already went, so there you
0: go. That was from earlier, so, yeah. Um, good gracious. Michael T. said, uh, so are we buyers or sellers at the deadline? Probably sellers. Sellers. Mm, absolutely. Uh, and Drew L. said, uh, we could be bad for the next two to three seasons, maybe more if we don't develop players going forward.
1: Very true. And you know what? Sometimes you got to take a step back. That's what happens when you're not proactive and you don't see the forest for the trees. We on this podcast saw it. Even though we were getting you know, to the final four, I never felt we were good enough to win a cup. I thought we should have started breaking it down a couple of years ago and retooling. That's And I thought when Trotz and Lamarillo came in here, the first thing I said to TJ was, I want to blow it up now. And do a full rebuild with these two guys in charge. That's what I wanted because they had the cachet. Trotz coming off a Stanley Cup win as a head as a coach, and Lou Lamoriello just being, you know, one of the greatest GMs of all time. The Islander fans would have been all behind them to go for a full rebuild. I know they've done it a hundred times before, but with these guys in charge, everyone would have said, "Yes, I'm all in for that." Okay. And now okay. we'd be ready to go right now.
0: You might say that's what they want to do. Okay, I want you to uh, – let's just play a game of numbers. How old is Lou Lamarillo?
1: Old. Trump, do you know how old he is? 78, 79.
0: Lou Lamarillo is 79 years old. There do you go. think, let's say, four years ago when he entered at 75, do you think Lou Lamarillo says, I'm 75 years old? Let me go ahead and sign up for a rebuild. Hell no, he would not. Oh, okay, on, so man.
1: so you're saying that he should just quit now because we have to rebuild now? He's, I'm just I saying
0: think he still thinks his team has what it takes.
1: It doesn't. It doesn't, though. I'm just
0: telling you. That's it that's doesn't. my opinion on what he thinks.
1: Okay, well, then maybe he's delusional and we need a new GM. That's fine. But here's the thing. I think that if he had started the rebuild when he came in at 75, he absolutely could have done that. And right now, we'd be a force going forward. I, look at how long, how long did it take the Rangers to rebuild their team. Three years. Three years. And it, helped top- a lot.
0: it helped a lot when you've been in the draft lottery. That does help.
1: Well, well you know what? But three years is all it took them. Send a letter to the fans. Mm-hmm. We're dumping everybody and we're rebuilding. Three years.
0: Jer Ben says here, do you guys think that Barry Trotz ever wears a cheetah print robe and smokes cigars in his hot tub in his mansion in Garden City lathering himself with lemon apricot bath bombs?
1: He absolutely does.
0: <laughs> that sounds pretty relaxing, man. I'll tell you, I don't think there's much time for relaxing for him.
1: And his wife has one of those little buffers that buffs the top of his head.
0: Makes that extra shiny, right? Yeah. Might have to go ahead and get Paige to invest in one of those soon. Uh, and Matthew S. said, owners across all sports screw and everyone. Look at the MLB right now. True. True. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the MLB is a total shit show. Manfred has ruined the sport.
1: Yep, and we'll be talking about Ken Rosenthal and his plight tomorrow.
0: Jared Ben says the shirts are crap, a two and a half year wait for a shirt design. It's a bit underwhelming, particularly the bitmoji of the bars all shirt. Yikes. Y'all should have come up with some render designs. You're saying we did. These are all these are all paid for designs. These are all uh, ones that we had, we had people design personally for. So we like the designs. We like them all. Um, I, I will
1: say we're not super creative. So, you know, we just came up with every kind of designs we could come up with. We're not skilled in that way.
0: Um, Michael T said Char is a plus one when the Islanders <laughs> uh when then the Islanders can make the playoffs this year. Well then the Islanders can make the playoffs this year, Grump. No. Probably not. Yeah, I'll tell you. Um, and then uh Frank K saying Antonio Brown is now known as a 32nd man, according to a group. Oh,
1: yeah. I didn't I didn't he brought Yikes. someone into the team hotel.
0: Yeah, I did see that who had
1: COVID. Like I said, this guy's never getting another shot. He's never, and that. So you say, I'm all behind my teammates, and you bring in a woman with COVID.
0: She had COVID. I didn't know that.
1: She tested positive. She even said afterwards, Yeah, he snuck me in. I just want to let no, Tampa Bay know they should have everybody tested for COVID because I got it.
0: Okay. Well, was that before? Did she get tested beforehand? Maybe she didn't know she had COVID beforehand. Well, she said it, it, does, it doesn't think- matter. It doesn't matter. I don't know we're getting okay. t- dumped too down in, into this here. Okay. Um, uh, Ooh. um, And then uh, even Luis is making bank the last few days. Oh, that's apparently the girl. It was some OnlyFans thing. And she was an OnlyFans star and she just by sleeping with Antonio Brown has increased her, her monthly income by what? Two or three times as much just by having is sex. With you, does, Brown. That,
1: does that make her a prostitute?
0: She essentially, she just sells pictures, I assume, and videos to people online. I don't think it's like that, but it's like an e-girl is what they call them. Who the heck knows? Um, but
1: she had to bang a guy to and then put the pictures up.
0: Antonia Brown apparently wanted her to film it and post it on her OnlyFans. I was like, well, that's what I heard. that. I was like, dude, I, apparently she said Antonia Brown was insisting on that. I was like, Phew. not a good look for AB. A- that's all I'm going to say. So by trying to air Dirty Laundry, which was Dirty Laundry from Bruce Aaron and Tampa Buccaneers, AB's Dirty Laundry got aired, and it looks a lot worse than the other Dirty Laundry. Man, that Dirty Laundry is putrid. What a film said, Jerry Ben, who would win in a fight? You were TJ? Oh, no, I don't mind. He's not riding me. What? He's not riding me. Uh, I don't mind at all. Everything is always fun. It's all on fun and games. That's all I'm going to say. Frank K said, smart chick. Hmm. And then, uh, and then, what a film said teaches us. Soft, yeah. I'm not fighting anybody. Tommy B says here. I told y'all a few weeks ago, trade Mayfield if we're not in playoff contention at deadline. Yep, we 100 percent agree. Yep, no doubt about it. We should. Um, and then Jeroban said, a "Grumpy, I have a really good oh. idea for a TG, uh, for a, a crossover. My 600 pound life and naked and afraid. Take 600 pound people and throw them in the woods in extreme environment for 30 days. Baked. Oh no, they die." I mean, like they couldn't move around. They have, they have a tough time moving around with my 600. That'd be
1: tough because there's no refrigerators around. They'd really struggle.
0: 30 days naked.
1: Yeah. Oh man. Oh man.
0: Would it be a hit? You would have too many of the, you'd have too many of the people die on the show. So no, I don't think so. It'd be canceled. (laughs) You wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to actually produce any content.
1: It would be one of those, uh, you know, you'd have to watch it because it's like a train wreck.
0: They would die, Grumpy. Six hundred pound individuals aren't like, yeah. Let me go ahead and move around and hunt down my rabbit or go fishing. They're like, how can I make it to the trash can? How can I take out the trash this week? How can I go to the mailbox? How can I get the food sent to me? They have people pick them up food from the grocery store. Maybe they,
4: they do like what those. Think
0: they're going to be out there naked and afraid, hunting down rabbits and and foraging the foraging for for uh, mushrooms. No, they have to have the cameraman would have to have a Twinkie supply for them. Come on.
1: Maybe sure. they could do it. Maybe they could do what they do with like those whales that come up on shore. They could just have people you know, pour water on them and you know scrub up their skin and stuff so that they could survive or feed have them. them.
0: Seen, have you ever seen sometimes how the people have to? I watch, unfortunately, some I of those. Don't,
1: I don't watch that stuff. It's
0: hard either. to watch. Like people go out in like a huge. They don't fit in bathtubs most time, oh. so they go out in like a pig trough. And they have somebody they put, they fill up with water and they just literally take it over and they put it under like their flaps. I
1: don't want to talk about all right. it. All right. Thanks for, thanks for
0: the gravity. I'm ruined my appetite. I haven't eaten dinner yet and I'm not eating eat dinner. <laughs>
1: this well, all right. Just go to the next comment.
0: Mosefa said the Blues wanted Mayfield before the season started.
1: They can have him. First round pick is all it takes.
0: When is Char going to be on the Grumpy's couch,
1: Grump? He should be here now. Ha <laughs>
0: <laughs> ha. <laughs> oh man oh man and the seahawks wilson are the seahawks playing tonight
1: too i don't think so
0: i don't know i, I the games when they start playing nfl games on saturday it just always throws me for a loop at the end of the
1: year uh toronto would be a good fit for him i have no problem trading him to toronto hmm. i think he would oh, be the good for the toronto
0: he's played today and then the cowboys are playing the eagles okay the
1: chiefs Denver, wind up crapping themselves at the end They uh, turned the ball over in the red zone for an eighty-something yard uh, touchdown return, which cost them the game.
0: Michael T said, "Yeah, Toronto would be a good fit. Uh, I'd feel I'd be happy to take a first rounder from them from Mayfield." Yeah, I would. would,
1: uh, You know, like I said, it's, it's not about oh, I'm not trading him to Toronto. Yeah, if that's the best you can get, if you get a first round pick, why not? I'd love to have three or four first round draft picks this year.
0: Okay. Scott Mayfield, if he traded to Toronto, is going to go for much more than a first round pick. Okay. Well, I'm just saying. Here's the thing Scott Mayfield, my asking price, bare minimum, is a first and a second. If you're trading, if you're a true seller, he's got one more year at 1.5 million per. And if you're a team that has a playoff window open, I can promise you a top four defenseman this year for the playoff run for 1.4 million. And next year, you'll have that additional player for 1.4 million for a top four defenseman, a first and a second, bare minimum.
1: All right, calm down. I want you to get all worked up over there.
0: If they're offering me first, I'm laughing them off the I'm laughing them away. Say, like, give me call me back when you want to actually talk. Okay. Um, okay. yeah, absolutely. Um, and then uh uh Jerben said, Boys, do you remember when you both, particularly Grump last year, said that last season would be a success if the Islanders made it uh as far or even a game further than they did the year before? In retrospect, last year was a success or failure. Um I thought last season was, was a success.
1: success. I guess you get, get
0: the Eastern Conference Finals, even though you don't win the cup. I still look at that as a successful year.
1: Yeah, it was a success. Last year was a success.
0: This year has been another failure so far. No standards, though.
1: But the whole thing was, you you if you made a, if you were a little bit proactive and not reactive with your signings, you could have maybe got that little extra something to get you over the hump against Tampa. I never thought we were going to be Tampa.
0: What a film saying here. Bavillier could be traded. Montreal would be a nice fit. Yeah, he's he he's from that Quebec area, I believe. Um, so hey, if he if he's from that French speaking area, uh, I was about to say,
1: hey, I just he's, he's twenty four years old. I I mean, I'd much rather get rid of older guys than younger guys. I, I
0: and I'm I, not sure that Montreal, with the rebuild that they have going on, would want to give away picks or even young prospects for a guy like Anthony Bavillier, a guy who's struggling, you know, top nine forward. I'm not sure they're interested in that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just – now, he'd probably be a top six forward for them. But, you know, it is what it
0: is. SP said, and Boston just won again. To anybody who thinks that we still have a shot, we don't.
1: And they beat Tampa today. So that's a good win for them. I tell you. They jumped on Tampa early today. Yikes yikes, 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 yikes,
0: Yeah. And then what a film saying. That's a great point. We're coming off uh, two great seasons under the structure. Not time to give up yet, boys.
1: I love Wooda. Mm-hmm. he just he is such a fan. Never gives up. He's never say die. Yep.
0: He's definitely part of the Almas. never say die yeah. group. Nander and F says, uh, Is Chara? I guess no question was included. But uh, Eve L says here Bridgeport wins five to one against the Charlotte Checkers.
1: Be oh, I, sh- I could have went to see that game today.
0: Well, we wouldn't have been able to do the podcast then. Michael no, T said, Yeah, Colorado just beat uh Toronto
1: in overtime. Toronto was up three to one after one. Tays with the winner. They, oh, what a shocker! Even better, even better. Oh man, let's oh, run man. through that again.
0: Ugh, the least boot of four to one lead, four to one, four to one says Hunter H. Wow, I'll tell you, yeah. It was a great game, the Leafs and the Avalanche. Oh, a oh, little man. bit of
1: defense. Toronto, maybe if they had a Scott Mayfield up there, they would have won that game. He played a lot of minutes for them for certain.
0: I'm telling you, for absolutely. I mean, Jack Campbell's been fantastic this year. Add a little defensive help, and I think you're in good shot. Yeah, and then Mario's saying here, what has Lambert done that makes people think that he could be a good head coach? The Caps went uh, went with Reardon. How uh, How did that work out for him? Again, like I wouldn't say just because the cast went with Reardon, they made the right choice. Like Reardon's a better coach than, uh, than uh, Lambert. You know, what was it back when the Islanders, who the hell did they stick with? They stuck with Capuana when we had who else? Da- Dan Bilesman on staff. We had other coaches on staff that were much more successful NHL coaches, and we went the worst of the bunch. Yep. So, and again, like we didn't have maybe the pieces that Pittsburgh did, but still, Disco Dan was a hell of a better coach. Than- <laughs> Disco Dan Bilesma. Woo-hoo. That's what they used to call him in Pittsburgh. I know they, they did. Disco Dan. So Disco Dan was still a hell of a lot better coach than Jack, Jackie, uh, Jack Capuano, uh, Fred Flintstone. But um, I don't know. I, I, what makes me thinking, Coach, I couldn't tell you. I, I think he's that's one of those things where they, I think, know in the room whether he can coach or not. And you don't get to see too much of what he wants to do because I think everything is Barry. So does he have the same ideology as Barry? Is he a guy who's a slavish devotion to defensive system? I would tend to think
1: maybe not, but maybe he does. I tell you what, we were more fun to watch when Lambert was coaching. Maybe it's just because the young guys were playing.
0: Maybe it was just the young guys, and we're attributing and we're attributing the young guys playing to Lane Lambert just because Barry's been out for a bit. But maybe, maybe Lambert loves playing vets too. Don't so know. Let's,
1: let's just say one thing. Truthfully, watching the Islanders when the veterans are in it, it's kind of a slog to watch them play most of the time. You got to really be winning.
0: Hey, it's tough to watch unless the Islanders are winning. Oh, it's it, tough it's watching hard a to watch movie like, like that. Tough. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. And then Jarban said, I know this is an unpopular opinion, but I really hope Evander Kane can revitalize his career. I know he struggled with a lot of personal stuff, but he's a great. player. I do too. I, I never want to see a player get kicked out. It's the same reason why I always have a soft spot in my heart for um, for uh, Josh Hosang. Anytime a player struggles, there's always players that struggle with personal yep. things. And I always want to see them be able to overcome those to, to, to make it. I mean, like, all these players in their professional field, they all overcome struggles as a player. You know, if they have personal issues, I want to see them overcome those personal issues, too. It's about the fight. It's about, I mean, the struggle that makes sports so entertaining to watch people overcoming, you know, uh, hindrances in their way.
1: Yeah, I don't think anyone doesn't hope that, first of all, he gets his personal life straightened out. That's more important than playing hockey.
0: Jer Ben says here, maybe he can have a Robin Leonard-esque comeback story and uh, iron out his personal life stuff. I certainly hope so. I do, too. Yeah, why not? Um, and then, uh, Ooh, we've got here, uh, drew L said, why did grump look like Voldemort when he, when he, when he raved about the caller, your nose shrunk and condensed together?
1: I don't know. I don't remember that.
0: don't no either. Oh man. Joe H saying here, why wow, this caller's is an embarrassment. I tell you, he's not an embarrassment. That's why I was saying guys, they said, he's just being hyperbolic. Fans are loud. Oh, okay. Yeah. Talking about the, um. Paul. Paul. Yeah, I like Paul. Yeah, I, mean, he's right. like, I about to say, people, fans. hey man, fans want to see team success. I get it. I wouldn't be saying, hey, we're taking, he's joking around, he's being hyperbolic. That's why I feel like I had to mention that to people because people, for whatever reason, are going to take what he said at face value. I don't take it at face value. There's, guess what, there was a little bit of there's sarcasm in there, and there's a little bit of hyperbole in that. That's why he's going over the top. I'm sure. Okay.
1: I just didn't think that needed to be explained.
0: Well, it does. So, <laughs> Paul OC said here, guys, do you realize we're 12 points behind Boston for the last playoff spot? But we do have three games in hand. We won't make it. Uh, we should sell in March.
1: Yes, correct. And I like, think Boston's just going to get better. Duke O'Rask at- is coming back.
0: Matthew at- guy Paul, needs a set of... No, he's just he's. Hey, man, he's an enamored fan. Okay. I wouldn't people, say... Hey, people yes, say that a,
1: okay, people say that about me all the time, too. I need yeah. a, a... Whatever... You
0: need to be put away in a mental institution. Frank K said, too many teams to pass. I've accepted that they're not making the playoffs. I'm just scouting at the younger guys at this point.
1: Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. That's how we as Island fans live for a long, long time.
0: Uh, Brandon Fry says here, uh, Capitals scored on themselves on a delayed penalty.
1: Hey, they know how to score. Those against themselves or against the other team.
0: Uh, Thomas B said, forget about changing trots. Any change should begin with Lou Lamarillo.
1: Um. No, no.
0: Brian B. says, I think Lou also has to go before he does more damage.
1: I think Lou does whatever the coaches. I think he and the coach have a vision. And if the coach says this is what he wants, I think Lou does his best to get what the coach wants. That's what I think how it works.
0: What a film said, uh, do you guys think that Edmonton would trade, uh, trade Connor David for our entire team?
1: Yes, I think they would.
0: Yeah, if they could make that fit into the our
1: entire team, they'd have a solid defense. Barzell would fantastic assembly.
0: net minder and Matt Barzell, yeah,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. They would definitely do that. I would too. And we'd have Connor McDavid and Barry would just make him stay in his own zone, zone the whole day.
0: <laughs> Michael T said, "If we can get a first round pick for Varlamov, I think it's a must. It's a must that you that you do it. I think so too. Yes." um and then sp said i just saw an article titled would the islanders forward oliver wallstrom benefit with more ice time honestly that's that's the actual article title who the hell would be asking that again i don't know i don't read i don't read any of these articles i have no idea where this article came from none whatsoever and i don't really care where it came from that being said yeah it's a no-brainer what are you just going to pontificate on obvious things i mean like are most of the readers of that that site where it's just like, oh, I I, maybe these are fans who kind of check in and watch the Islanders once every five games, and I don't really know. For them, I'm sure it does help. But for true Blood Islander fans, they all know Oliver Wallstrom would excel with more ice time.
1: Click, 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 click. I understand. Uh,
0: Tommy B. Uh, And again, we have no idea where the article's from. Tommy B. said, uh, no on Evander Kane. No way San Jose. I
1: I like um, it. I like it. That's uh, emphatic. No.
0: Yeah, no way can Seiko. <laughs> hey, man, as a PTO, I'm all in. Uh, Wallstrom is still green. Uh, his defensive play needs work, uh, but uh, I guess you can't work on it if you're not playing enough. Good point. What a good point.
1: What does he do? He scores goals. What does his team need to do? Score goals. He's mm-hmm. not defensively inept. He, but he's not Bob Gainey either. He's not, should not be expected to be Bob Gainey. He's a goal scorer. Yeah. So, so stupid. I hate, well, here's I, I the mean,
0: thing He will. I think it's a good point, right? I just, expect I, but I think when, better Defensively. If you don't play, don't play enough, uh, enough yeah, I, uh, actual ice know, minutes while you're playing his situations and scenarios on,
1: but there, I mean, seriously that, but that's the way Barry thinks he's like, well, geez, if he's not Bob Ganey back there, I don't care if he scores. It's not what we want to do. That's just dumb thinking. It just is. You have to live with – he was not drafted to play defense. He was drafted to shoot the puck p- in the net. That's mm-hmm. what he's been drafted for. Don't try to ch- – his skill set is what it is. You fit your system around the skill sets of the players, and you don't draft players just to fit your crappy-ass system because that ain't working.
0: Anthony R. said, I agree with you about Kane, uh, but I'm telling you – uh, I'm telling you, a playoff team will sign him for the rest of the year. I w- I don't know what's going to happen with Kane. I don't think anybody's going to take a risk on him this season. I think that, especially if you're a playoff team, unless like you lose a, a guy after the trade deadline, right? You, you say, hey, we, we didn't need to make too many additions. We added a defensive piece, and we lose a fantastic left winger. After the trade deadline, there's nothing we can do to, you know, we don't have enough uh, organizational depth, and now we're going to be really short of left-handed defense, but that would be the only, the only time I'd see Evander Kane being looked at, but I, I think people would rather look for the trade deadline than bringing in a guy who's got a lot of question marks around him right now.
1: No. He's not he's not getting picked
0: up. We can promise you he'll never be ever picked up by Winnipeg. He'll never ever be picked up by San Jose again. And he'll never ever be picked up by the Buffalo Sabres, right? All those bridges are burned if those three
1: organizations. He's he's not getting signed anywhere.
0: Okay. And then Tommy B says, I think Kane should be a regular on a TJ Nagruppial Man show. Hey man, if he's looking for if he's looking for a little bit, a little bit of something, we'll be more than happy to have him on this show.
1: Well, he fit right with the DraftKings motif. He could tell you what to bet, how to bet.
0: Exactly, he can give us a little bit more of an in-depth it's breakdown. Right, yeah, uh, and then Anthony R said, "Yeah, bad teammate. Isn't that? Uh, wasn't that um, Tony D'Angelo had that rep for being a bad teammate, being a bad guy? Michael yeah. T. Said, He's a bad man. A
1: bad man. Oh man, man.
0: What a film said, a bad
1: Lee, man.' That was Johnny B. Bad.
0: Lee for Kane, right? T. Said, yeah, what a film's grumpy old man mischaracterizes
1: it all the no, time. No, right? no, 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 no. We're, We're not getting into today.
0: I'm not hashing this up. It's too it's late way too late in that. the
1: podcast to talk about today. That's a podcast on its own.
0: Can we just can we just sell, sell, sell at the deadline? Clutter should be on the bus out of town now. You should definitely sell clutterbuck too. Yep. Absolutely. He'll get something. Don't assume clutterbuck won't be Tommy, back. Tommy. Clutterbuck's Tommy. had a very good season. I dude, I do want Tommy, do Tommy, want Tommy, clutterbuck Tommy, back. Tommy, Tommy,
1: Tommy, Tommy. You want to see me lose my mind? Let's sign Cal Clutterbuck back to a, like a three or four year deal at 33, 34, whatever, however many old he is.
0: 34 years old.
1: No, 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 so no. So
0: we have a 35 or 36 year old fourth line, fourth liner. I'm he's sorry. I know he's played well this year. Cal Clutterbuck, I'm sorry. We can't have Cal.
1: He's at too old. Go. If you want to sign him back, one year, vet minimum. That's it. That's all fourth liners deserve. Matt Martin. You want it to come back? Not not don't make him the six million dollar man. One year 750K. That's it. That's it. If you want to come back. Otherwise, see you later.
0: And then we got a comment here from Anthony R. And says, unless Trotz is gone, and even Lou, to be honest, there's no way that Lee Bailey, Nelson, or Jean Gabriel Paggio go. I agree with you, Grump. It's hopeless.
1: It's yeah, I mean, we just need to have a change in philosophy. That's the biggest thing.
0: Martin is bad for certain he has, and also Zazekis has struggled. Yeah.
1: They so all I, suck. Except for Clutterbuck's been okay on that fourth line. Other than that,
0: I would rather have a line of Zarnak, Ross Johnston, and Cal Clutterbuck out there on the ice, and we're paying Matt Martin one and a half million for the next two seasons after this one. Again, you can always release him at that point, but it's still like you're unless you do, and unless you waive them, you're paying Matt Martin one and a half million for the next two years and Cal and, and Casey Zuzikas 2.5 million for the next five. Not good, not good management, not I, I good mean, management of funds. As soon,
1: as soon as we found out what that I mean, I was saying Eric Howler, right? Two years, 2.1 million. That's what he signed for in Boston. That's what I would offer Casey Suzekas. If he didn't want it, see you later. If you get more than that, Casey, more power to you.
0: What a film said Pavilier and, and uh Varlamov might be on the trade block. That's okay. I was about to say I I neither of those guys would be like guys I'd say, No, I'm never moving. I, But I just, if you're selling Bavillier, I feel like you're going to get the lowest value for him now. Hold on to him. His value can't go much lower than what it is now. I I really don't think it can. I don't think he's underneath what a third-line scorer is. And that's what his value is at the moment. I'd hold on to him, and maybe he could show a glimpse of something or a reason for somebody to think that maybe he could make his way into a top six, and that's when you sell him.
1: Yeah, I just... Uh, you know, but they, you thought Hosang's value couldn't get any lower every single year. We kept on saying that if you want to move him, move him. They never did. And he wound up just getting weighed. I mean, no one signed him. I don't know what he's doing with the Marlies, but I bet it's better than uh, 17
0: points in 20 some odd games, 10 goals. No, oh, there you if go. i correctly. I mean, he hasn't been lighting it up, but he's been putting up points.
1: 10 goals. I'd lead this team in scoring.
0: Okay. It's in the A. I know. I was about to say, Grumpy. So, I mean, he's, I mean, uh, let me pull up exactly. Yeah. 23 games played, 10 goals, seven assists. So, 17 points in 23 games played in the A. Okay. Um, And then Paul OC said Boston would never pay Paul that salary. That's why Boston would never trade for him. Boston knows how to pay their players. Just look at the team's salary. I don't, uh, Boston is done. Boston did some questionable shit this offseason. When they signed Linus Olmark, I'm like, why?
1: Because they didn't know if Rask was going to be able to come back.
0: Right. Okay, they knew Rask was coming back. They
1: no, they did not. They didn't know if Rask was going to retire or what he was going to do. They did so not. You know. signed
0: Linus Olmark to a four-year deal. That was your that was your defense for Rask. You had Jeremy Swayman. You go find yourself a stopgap goalie, a one A, one B tandem. Jeremy Swayman's a damn good netminder.
1: Here's the thing: you can always move goalies. I'm
0: just saying. Linus Olmark was not the answer, and they signed him to a four-year deal.
1: Okay, but they know how. To, okay, their salary they they know how to handle the salary cap. Their best players get paid. They have a bunch of garbage down at the bottom, but they don't get paid anything. You don't see them overpaying their fourth line and third line. They just don't do it. They move those guys out when they are due for a raise. They know how to draft. They draft Boston type players. Boston
0: type players. Right from
1: Boston. Right.
0: Um. Anyway, that being said, moving right along, Palmieri buyout numbers are very doable. It's a dead cap hit of 1.6 million.
1: For what, six years, though?
0: I'm not sure. I haven't looked into the guy yet, so I couldn't speak on it. Nick D said, <laughs> let the reality be set. We're not making the playoffs, period. I think this team is tired of the Barry Trot system.
1: I think it's that. The team can't play the Barry Trotz system anymore because they're just older and they can't do it anymore physically. Tough system to play. Game in, game out, day after day.
0: Tony D saying, Yep. Uh, and looks like the Rangers, he had a lot of issues from the start. He had the big one that last season. Yeah. He had that one big season. Uh, what a film saying here uh, Russians do crazy things to young players. Tretiak had both of his knees broken and operated on so that he could go down and get back up better. Maybe Ovechkin is part robot. Hold on, I didn't know that about Tretiak. I know they did a lot of crazy stuff in training and like uh, they were part of the, you know, they were they were part of the the army, the 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 red army, but uh no means they actually part of the army.
1: Yeah, I didn't I didn't know it. I had never heard that.
0: Um and then Mario said people killed Hoseng for being a turnover machine. Wait till they look at Ratu. Mm. See. I don't mind if we turn a puck over all that much in New Jersey. As long as we're able to, as long as hey, I could see you occasionally take it from end to end and I see a moment of brilliance to where sometimes you turn over, but sometimes you take the game in your hand and you individually score for us.
1: There's risk reward, right? I mean, to me, Hosang never got a legitimate shot to play here. That was, and I don't know if he could have played here. The thing that always bothered me and the thing that bothers me over and over and over again is never giving the young guy a legitimate shot to show what he can do. That's my issue. I'm not saying that they're right or wrong on that judgment, but they never gave him a shot.
0: Vinny Smith, the mighty traffic cone, says, Hey, guys, biggest issue with this team is signing the fourth line. Now, uh, where to move the dead weight on this team?
1: We got a lot of dead wood. It's littered up on our forward, our forward group. Littered with dead wood. I, I, just about everybody. There's maybe five to five forwards who I consider, okay, they're worth keeping. Maybe a little bit more than five. Ross Johnston I'd keep. Um, so we got Johnston. Pajot I would keep just for another year to see how he is. Barzell, Bavillier, Wallstrom, Bellows. That's it. Six guys. Six guys. Everybody else can go.
0: Uh, Tommy B said, "No, Dobson won't get a fourth year, a four-year deal. I assume they're probably going to give him a two or three year, and they're still going to have him under under restricted free agency. Then they're going to sign him to an eight-year extension. I'm just saying, if I'm the if I'm the Islanders and you have that cat space, sign him to an eight-year, seven million per. I'm telling you, the production you're going to see out of a guy like that, unreal." I don't right.
1: think I don't think Lou is proactive like that though.
0: Like like Robin Sallow is not going to get a huge deal. That's a guy you could sign to a 2 or 3 year extension maybe one and a half, two million per because he hasn't been given much ice time this year yet in the NHL. You don't really know all that much what you have into him. And again, even if he comes out and starts playing well at the end of the season, I don't think he's going to build enough momentum and traction to say, hey, I am I warrant a larger contract. You're going to get him on the cheap. You'll get Kiefer Bellows. Uh, again, if you choose to resign him and not trade him away, you're going to get Kiefer Bellows on the cheap. Again, he's performed a bit, but he doesn't have a long track record. You're going to get him on the cheap. You've got cap space. I would no problem at all re-signing no adopts into a long-term deal, being proactive about it. It's going to pay benefits long-term. True, true. How about we ask Bailey to be a real team player and quit? Says what it feels.
1: He's not that much of a team guy.
0: Uh yeah, yeah. And here's the thing like with Anders Lee, he's he yeah, he's not gonna retire when you know he's not gonna take less money either. And I don't blame him. Hey, if you earn that contract then you're gonna get paid it, I I take the money if you can. Um uh Paulo C. said, why do we want to get rid of younger players like Pavilier? Guys worry about getting rid of older players. We've got a ton of those.
1: Yeah, I don't want to get rid of anybody, any of the young guys. The old guys are all on the block, every one of them. And if Pajot had to go too, I'd be I mean, I'd be willing to move him. I know he's twenty-nine, but you know, for the right price, everybody's available.
0: What a film saying nobody's gonna want to get nobody's gonna want to take the players we want to get rid of. That's true. And uh Nick D says here, from here on out, the Islanders should send down all vets and play the youth. Yep. And then what a film saying the biggest problem that we have, we signed too many guys to these long-term contracts. What we've been saying for the last two or three seasons, it's coming through. Everybody sees the same way we do now. We were the only people shouting on top of the mountains for that. And then uh and we can only sign players with some value. Maybe uh Pajot gets some interest, but Palmieri uh <laughs> is uh is gonna be stuck here.
1: I remember um my son sending a question to Arthur Staple. And the question was, when they were re-signing Anders Lee, he says, why would you re-sign Anders Lee? He's not worth that. And he's like, well, it would have been a bad look losing your captain two years in a row. My response to that is, I don't give a shit what it looks like. What's the right move? The right move was not re-signing him to that deal and using that money somewhere else. I don't care how it looked if you lost a captain two years in a row. It just, it just, it was so dumb. We do a lot of dumb things.
0: Nick D said, Wish you guys love and laughter. I'll be watching you guys on Wednesday over at AEW. Well, Nick D, also make sure to check out the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show. That's tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we're going to be covering the national championship game or the college football finals on Monday evening. That's going to be a fun game to cover, Grump. Ooh, baby. Another matchup of the SEC championship game. Georgia against Alabama, Grump hopefully we're in for a treat um
1: yeah nca got what they wanted they made sure they finagled those uh playoff rankings to get that
0: well hey it's going to result in a better finals. so that's true that's, that's true. fine what a film said trotz has a somewhat down syndrome but i didn't know that and yep. i think that he's uh he's a really good dad and i believe he can pull this off i'm sure he learns a lot from ch- you know challenging of having a kid with with special needs go barry
1: there's a man he's the best
0: And then Tommy B said, TJ and grumpy old man. Hope you guys uh, have a great 2022 from the coach. Great job, gents. Thanks there, Coach Tommy B. Coach Tommy B. Coach Tommy Baffy's corner. Thanks for tuning in, Coach Tommy B. Best of always luck there for you in 2022. Man, it's only the first week of 2022. That's nuts. Mario said, whoa. Mario said, Um, Roman Yossi best offensive season under Trotz in 2013-14 was when he scored 13 goals had 27 assists 40 points the following season 2014-15 after Trotz was gone Roman Yossi had 15 goals and 40 assists with 55 points when Trotz went to Washington John Carlson scored 55 points um and then carlson scored 39 and 37 the following two seasons in the stanley cup year john carlson scored 68 points but uh was that was because that was- mcclellan had uh, had put trots on notice That's right. i don't see how dobson will be able to score 40 50 points under trots i don't think trots is going to be here in three or four seasons i really don't when you have the general manager change i'm not sure they're just saying hey let's keep it the same exact you know same exact same exact head coach
1: and it's why I say no unrestricted free agents are going to come to play for us.
0: Do you see if we, unless we make you know, I mean drastic moves here this offseason to change it up, if we continue with the same exact structure and the same exact vets, do you see us improving next season? No. I don't. And nope. I mean, if you don't make the playoffs in two years in a row after making these conference finals and your coach's contract is up, I don't see why you resign them. Thanks, thanks for getting us to where you could. Um, you know, we appreciate again the, the stabilize the, the
1: franchise. You stabilized the franchise. You brought us respectability. We want to go in a different direction now. Thank you for your time. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yep, absolutely. But Washington did, and he, he knew. Like I said, Trotts knew his last year was his last year in Washington. When's the they cup didn't want there. him back.
0: What a film saying. Do you guys miss Travis Hammonick? Oh, who no. did, he was. He okay. He's a fan favorite. I miss him as a guy, yeah. but not yeah. necessarily too much as a player. Travis Hammonick, We've got better defense core than with with, with uh, Hammerhead. So what we have with the Hammer. So. Yeah. Think, what did we give what did we get back in return for Travis Hammick? Let's look back in the day of that. Uh some picks. We got picks back. What we got for Travis Hammick. I thought, okay, we got a first round pick Into hold on.
1: And a third, first and, third. and
0: two second round picks. Okay, first holy shit. Back. We think about that. We gave up a first round pick in two seconds. That's
1: Garth Snow making that deal. Jeez. Garth Snow never made a deal he didn't win. Never. Never freaking ever. None. He did not make a whole lot of deals, but every deal he made, he won. Every single trade. Every so trade.
0: It wound up being the pick, the trade that we gave up, Travis Hamannick, we wound up getting the 12th overall pick in the 2018 draft, which wound up being Noah Dobson. We wound up getting the 43rd overall pick in the 2018 draft, and wound up getting the 57th overall pick in the 2019 draft.
1: Gar Snow never made a trade he didn't win.
0: We got two seconds for freaking Devon Taves. And we got a first and two seconds for Travis Hamonick. Let Lou that Lamarillo. shit sink in. Let that shit sink in, guys.
1: Since he's Ow, been an islander, God. since he's been an Islander, Lou Lamarillo has never made a trade that he's won.
0: I would. I don't know.
1: I'm just telling you. He's Garcino, overpaid
0: in a lot of guys.
1: Garcono would never make a deal. I remember just saying, man, why won't this guy ever make a deal? whatever. And I, I even talked about it. He never made a trade unless he killed somebody, and he always he killed in every trade he ever made, except for Vanek. Moving Vanek, that's right. <laughs> that's the only he one he lost because he was like, "Hey, one.
0: I need to try to make another claim as to why you know, hey Johnny, uh, hey, we're going to keep you here, Vanek. You're going to be with John Tavares." Didn't
1: work out so well.
0: Didn't work okay. out. Um, James F said a major game Sunday for the Silver Black Rumpy. Do the Raiders win?
1: Man, they play they play the Chargers. That's I think the Chargers are going to win. I just do. Whoever wins that game, okay, here's the playoff scenario. Indianapolis, Jacksonville, Indianapolis wins, they're in. Uh, If uh, they tie and then both the Raiders, uh, they're not going to tie. Indianapolis is going to be in. So whoever wins the uh, uh, Raiders-Chargers game is going to make the playoffs. The loser's sitting at home. It's just that plain and simple.
0: Policy said, "Yep, we can't just have one first-round pick for Mayfield if we trade him to Toronto because uh, we won't get we won't get a top first rounder. That's for certain.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's to yeah, yeah, be no. first
0: and second bare minimum asking price. Yeah. If I mean, it's not I can
1: get that for him. You can get that for him. For, for certain.
0: certain. Yep, absolutely." First round exit for both teams is what he says there. Oh goodness, very possible. Yep, Dallas and Eagles. Uh, James F said, "Guys, uh, I got rid of my back problem in sciatic and my sciatic issue uh, yesterday. I was walking uh, my RTE and I slip, uh, slipped and fell. All my weight on my arm and it landed on the ground on my chest. Now my chest is coming." Uh,
1: oh man, man. James had some tough times recently. I, I say you
0: still make it to your first Islander game too this year.
1: Get better, buddy. Get better.
0: Absolutely, James. Um, And then Tommy V said, "Yeah, Clutterbuck will be 35. Definitely could be traded, um, but uh, they could bring him back on a cheap one or two-year deal."
1: Why? Why? Yeah, I don't see the need to have him Why? back. Why? Play a play a young guy.
0: Who's to say Cal Clutterbuck won't retire either? Remember, he had the he doesn't have feeling in two of his two yeah. of his five fingers on one hand, and he's gonna be 35 years old. Does he want to keep playing? I don't know. Um. And then a swerve nine five one said, "Hey, we beat the Caps for you.
1: Good for Minnesota.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. I Good.
1: love swerves. Little with bit.
0: seven of our regulars out.
1: Yeah, they got a whole bunch of guys out with COVID too. You don't? I don't think they're crying about it. Mm-hmm. And Brian, I don't bunch, much The person. only team that really cried about it was the Islanders. You hear anybody else crying?"
0: Mario says, Lou Lamarillo just re-signed Casey Sizikis and Matt Martin, and he protected Cal Clutterbuck and Martin because he felt that he needed them to keep the precious fourth line together. Just, Do you really something. think that he would let Cal Clutterbuck walk
1: now? Why would you protect two fourth liners? It's just so dumb. It's just so stupid. I don't understand it. You protect talent, not identity. And here's the thing, your identity sucks if that's your identity now. They can't play. Clutterbuck can. Martin can't. He couldn't play last year either. Casey can not play. Just dumb, 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 dumb.
0: Uh, Paul, he's a grumpy. You're absolutely right now about uh, Wallstrom. You can't be more right uh, about what you said. He's a goal scorer, not a grinder.
1: Yeah. Don't try to turn him into something he's not. I just, I, I hate when coaches do that. It just tells me, guess what? They're not really good coaches. That's what it tells me.
0: What a film saying Tuka Rask is done same as uh, same as Flurry Mark Andre Flurry uh, they're old and have had significant injuries Varlamov is better than Flurry. Uh,
1: I, I don't know. If I'm not taking about about about
0: one year. I'm probably taking Flurry. That being said, if I'm if I'm if I'm Edmonton, you don't have a goalie in a pipeline. You don't at the moment. I would say, hey, I need a guy who's still got a few years left. Seriously, after this season, how many more years of production do you think you have left out of Flurry? What is he thirty eight years old?
1: I think 37, something like 37 that. 37
0: will be 38 after this after this, after this, this time period. I mean, you're getting diminishing returns. 38- and 39-year-old goalies don't have researches. They don't have bounce-back years. I know he just won the veznat 37 or 36. I don't think you could expect those type of production going forward from him. He's towards a, he's towards a tail end, man.
1: He's definitely towards a tail end. I mean, Luongo was really good till he was 40. I mean, you're only talking about a couple of years, and you'd get somebody else.
0: I thought Luongo retired when he was like 38, 39.
1: No, he played like till he was like 40. He went back to Florida.
0: Wonga was a hell of a netminder. Yeah, he played last year he played until he was 39. But in the 39, he had an eight nine nine. At 38, he had a nine two nine save percentage. Pretty good. So right when thirty-nine hit, ding. That's when it all turned downhill. Um, but yeah, Tuca Ra- he's still kind of Tuka Rass, what is he like 33, 34. I mean, uh, Varlamov hasn't had the injury issues like, like Rask has. I'd say that. And again, Rask has already signed back with the, 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 the Bruins. He was going to be, he signed,
1: he signed a PTO with their farm team.
0: Okay. Tukar- so
1: He will be back. I'm just saying yes. that he is not signed back with the Bruin Jet. He signed a PTO with, with Phoenix. Uh, I'm sorry, with Providence earlier this week. Gotcha, Grumpy
0: gotcha gotcha also uh paulo c says here um i would not touch Srokin, uh and our top four defense but uh our older forwards get rid of them yes tj nelson too
1: if you can get if you get a first and a second round pick for nelson would you trade him
0: okay i i'd have to be more than that
1: for brock freaking nelson yes no
0: no he okay at five million per Dude, he's got four more years six, at five, he's six, he's six, million, sorry, six per. million per six million per. He's got four more years at six million per cap certainty. He's a okay. he's a he's a he's a second line center across he's a ubiquitous second line he's center not. across he's, the NHL. He's yes, not. he is.
4: He's not.
0: Unless, okay, you're not trading him to a team like Tampa. You're not trading him to a top-tier team like that. They have to have some oh, cap space. You're I trading know. him to a team that's on the that's on the cusp, on the precipice, on the precipice. Yeah, okay. Precipice. I,
1: here's the thing if it's me and somebody asks me oh if it's me a first and a second for him he's moving it gives you more money you gives you flex- flexibility to do other things
0: what a film such- gets
1: rid of forwards off your team you
0: will never freaking keep map bars off you say hey we trade away brock nelson we trade away this guy that guy another we we have to be able to field the competitive team if we want to keep map bars off
1: unless you want to picking up some younger guys who can put the puck in the net
0: so your idea is to say, hey, we're going to go for a freaking – we're going to go for a rebuild. We're going to go collect 10 first-round picks in this year's draft. Matt Barzal, don't worry. We might not be good now, but wait three or four years when they start entering their 21s, 22s, and then that's when we're really going
1: to be good. You could still Wait make another trades three for, or four years. You could still try to make trades for other players or start to sign free agents. Here's the thing. It's not going to happen if Barry Trotz is here, but if he's gone – That's not
0: happening, Grump. Uh, what a film saying here. My biggest concern is losing Matt Barzal. You guys keep bringing it up, and it makes sense. Barzal needs to be able to play offense. You know the numbers mean something to him. Let him fly.
1: True. Yep.
0: And I, if we lose Matt Barzal, I'd be devastated. Yes. He that would, would be- set the franchise back more than losing – definitely more than losing John Tavares. He would set the franchise back an immense amount. That guy, that kid is so special. So special.
1: He's the only talented offensive – Okay. I'm going to leave Wallstrom out. But he's without a doubt the most talented player we have on the scene by far.
0: What a film! Saying, "Maddie B, if you're listening, my daughter's pretty, the same age, and would marry you. Get back to me. <laughs> Just go ahead and contact us, and we'll contact Woodo. We'll get you in touch, Maddie B. Don't you worry." <laughs> Paulo C said, "Yes, trots would uh, trot should make ba- uh, should make Barzal fly, but fly with who? With Bailey and Parise. Mm.
1: Yeah. Well, there you go.
0: Uh, Mario said the pick Snow got for Hamannik wound up becoming Ruslan Ishikov, who's a bad, bad selection. Samuel Balduek and Noah Dobson.
1: Yeah, that's okay. That's a good haul for him. One guy definitely turned out, and another one possibly can.
0: Clutterbuck's playing so well this year because he wants a contract. Michael T says maybe that's fine. Maybe he's trade him.
1: That too. Maybe you get yourself a third round pick for him.
0: Mario said, two days after training, Travis Saminick Snow made the Everly deal.
1: That worked out as well.
0: Yeah. Hugely in our favor. Yep. Um, yep, exactly. You know, let him fly with Wallstrom and Bellows, says one of the Films. films. Um, if you have to put uh, Barzal, Wallstrom, and Bellows on the second line, if that makes you feel better, Barry, you know, put Nelson, Lee, and Bailey on the first line.
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: And the sad thing about Fleury, uh, they sent him to Chicago to end a great career. Rolimov's only 33. Yep. I think Flurry is one of the NHL's great goalies, but uh he can't move like he needs to. He just turned 37.
1: Yeah. And he's a uh, extremely well liked. He'll make the Hall of Fame. Once
0: he got the cup,
1: he's I mean had he a few sense.
0: cups. He won a few cups. And so once he got the Vesna is what I meant. He, yep. that was just that's like, hey, now he's got the person lacklaid. Look at this Vesno. Yep. Absolutely grump. Well, let me ask you this. We're towards the tail end of today's podcast. What do you want to say before we wrap things up?
1: I just want to say love and laughter to everyone who listens, and even those who don't from TJ and the Grumpy Old Man.
0: And thank you everybody for tuning in. We'll be going live tomorrow during the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show. We'll be talking about everything around the world of sports, and then on Monday we're going to be covering the college football finals. That's going to be a lot of fun. I promise you that's going to be a fun, fun, fun show. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook, follow on Twitter, and you can find the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show in the link in the description below and if you're a first-time listener to this show make sure you stick around a while we invite you to come back and follow us on twitter like on facebook and subscribe on youtube thanks everybody for tuning in we'll see you soon thank you grumpy old man
1: my pleasure